get ready for this one. This is going to be a controversial one. Welcome to episode five of Candid Chit Chats. On this one, we're going to be talking about power on the individual level, on the government level, on the corporate level. Um, I know some of us have had sort of a, I guess we, we, we talked about this before. We've talked about this before. But so let's start off by, oh, by the way. You want to introduce yourself? We have a stranger in the house. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick's not here, as in, yes. as we were told. Uh, but my name's Matthew. I've uh, been a friend of Parts for a while. And we have our own little podcast called Odyssey. Yes. Um, go, go check it out. Go check it out. <laughs> Get it. Uh, but I guess I'm... advertising? <laughs> <laughs> we keep bouncing off each other here. Yeah. On Odyssey, we I report on this that. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way around. But yeah, uh, happy to be here. Nice to meet you, nice. Paul. Uh, Julio, nice it's been a while. Yeah. And we'll see how this goes. Awesome. So let's start off by defining power. What is? What do you guys think the definition of power is really? Let's start off with the individual level. It's a deep question right there. Yeah. Um, so on the indi- individual level, jeez, mm-hmm. uh, everyone has their own definition to be honest, but I think power ultimately is the how much discipline you have in respect to your own uh, ability, I assume, because I think a lot of people think that power equals force. And that it could be very corruptible. Uh, it's very manipulative. And throughout history, it's easy to have that conclusion, right? Mm-hmm. So there's uh, world leaders like Hitler, Genghis Khan, uh, Stalin, uh, Machiavelli even. So they have a very manipulative type of approach right. to individual power. Right. And uh, it can end up being a bad time for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you sum that up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's dope. Yeah. It's just kind of, yeah. I like that definition. So you're saying it's like it's discipline, it's sort of the ability to do things that other people can't. Is that what it is? I think it's discipline over yourself, to okay. be honest. I like that. Uh, right. That would be my definition based on the research I've done. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I would say it's something very similar, actually. And I've, I've mentioned this before, right? About how I think power is the, you being able to control the direction of your life. Because if you can't do that, if you can't go where you want to go, do what you want to do, be with who you want to be with, you, you're you really powerless in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can do what you want to do, you love what you're doing, you're, you, know, you have the ability to make things happen in your life that you want to happen. You control the direction essentially. Yeah. This is the definition of power in my opinion. Now there's, I guess, Different. I don't want to say variations of power, but I think there's different uh, manifestations of power, mm. right? Like you can say like people are like people can say wealth is a manifestation of power, right? Mm. People can say um, status is a manifestation of power, uh, but I think it, those are just again manifestations. Those are the the real <laughs> core is if you you being able to do what you want with your life. Is power. If someone else is influencing you, if someone else is telling you what to do, and you don't have control over the direction, you're mm-hmm. powerless. Mm-hmm. That's what I think it is. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, power is not control over others, but control over self, right? And then, I mean, power is neither evil nor bad. You decide however you want to live. So mm-hmm. I mean, in the <laughs> it just is Stalin. Live your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Stalin and you know, um, Hitler and all those. Yeah, all the bad guys all the bad throughout guys. history. It's like, oh, they have power. Well, yeah. Kim Jong-un. Yeah. He's a yeah, pretty powerful Jong-un. guy pretty powerful. in his country. Trump, pretty powerful guy. <laughs> in his country only, though. Yeah. Uh, I feel like power, for me at least on an individual level, is uh, de- defined by freedom. Mm-hmm. And to be truly free, like, not necessarily, actually, like how you said, uh, where you can choose evil or good. But 
if I have the freedom to go out and think however I want to think and to act however I want to with whatever intention, I believe that's true power. Because if I'm, let's say, uh, in a relationship and such, <laughs> if I can't go without, you know, going to the restroom without, you know, updating somebody, then that's like, that's not power. It's like just the freedom to do whatever I need to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... Uh, Freedom with your actions and your intentions and stuff equates to actual power, in a sense, on any level. I don't know. That's just what I what I believe. Do you think the common man can have power then? Because, I mean, a common man is working the 9-to-5 job. He has to report to a boss. That in itself takes away from his power because in itself, he doesn't have the freedom to do whatever he wants, right? That's very true. That is true uh, in respect to, let's, let's confine it a little. So middle class people. Uh, most of them have that nine to five job. Uh, it's obvious that they're part of a hierarchy and that they have to report to a boss. Mm-hmm. So there's that lack of power. But in their own constraint, they have power of their own. Mm-hmm. So they have power, I assume, over their own place that they live at. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they have power over their own ability in respect to, I don't know, keeping physically healthy, uh, maintaining mental health. There's that kind of power. There's that individual power. But in respect to not achieving the power over others mm-hmm. i mean everyone has that kind of situation because yeah. it's like some people have power over others some don't and i think in today's society we accept that in a way where it's like oh the boss has more power over the co-workers right because he manages mm-hmm. you know what the company's like how it's run and nowadays it's very uh chaotic on the political spectrum in respect to power oh. so you have things like me too movement mm-hmm. you have things like uh you know, movements like that. Yeah, that, that all about power games and things like that. Hundred percent, man. That's a little controversial issue to get into. But <laughs> <laughs> right okay. off the bat. Right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat. But that's what I think. Do you believe that the lower class are less powerful or more powerful? Because in itself, right? If you think about it, lower I think it de- class. Oh. It depends who you compare it to, uh, who who you compare those people to. But generally, I think people would agree that oh, they have low power, right? I could actually argue the other way, right? Okay, because go for it. Lower class, if we define power by what we said, would be control over self, right? If mm-hmm. someone chooses not to work for anybody and chooses to do their own thing, they might be poor and they might not have much, but they still control every aspect of their life. I agree. I 100% yeah. agree. So, so I w- remember going back to, again, the direction of control over your, li- over your mm-hmm. life, right? If a person wants to be, let's say, wealthy and they become wealthy, I think that person is powerful. But if a person is born into wealth, or let's say they didn't want to be wealthy. Just or, and, yeah, and let's say they have to answer to someone else in like a household or something like that. Or let's say, um, generally speaking, actually one example that was given in the Rational Mail, actually, by the way, this guy's the one who introduced me to the-, the I'm that guy. guy. <laughs> He's the guy. <laughs> so, you got him. Yeah. <laughs> he got me. <laughs> one of the examples the author gave was a great example. Um, it was a, an artist called Paul Gojin, I think. Go, Go, Gogin? Paul Gogin? Paul Gojin? I think it's Gojin. Gojin? Okay. I'm not too sure. I don't know how you pronounce. I don't know how you pronounce it, but yeah. Basically, this guy was married, and he wanted to live life completely differently. He didn't. He he wanted to pursue. He was he was doing like a nine to five job, but he wanted to be an artist, and he wanted to just leave his family. Okay. He left his family. He did all. Wow. He did all that. He was wow. able to pursue his dreams. Now, people would call him an asshole because, dude, you left your family, like you left, you know, your wife and kids to like fend for themselves and things like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he may be a bad person, morally speaking, but 
people would argue that he's powerful because he controlled the direction of his life and he <laughs> went wherever he wanted. He had freedom. As sad as it right? sounds. As sad as it sounds. Um, <laughs> you're right, yeah. So you don't have to be wealthy necessarily, right? Wealth can be a manifestation of power, but <laughs> the direction of your life, right, is... is <clears throat> yeah. Correct. But bouncing off of that, right, mm -hmm. you said that morally he abandoned his responsibilities and chose to go within his own way, right? So in that, do you believe power to normally have a tendency to go towards evil, right? Because then it's doing what you want and putting your desires over everybody else's. Would that be bad necessarily? That's, I think that's calling humanity bad just because if our nature, if we are in a free state, is to do intentions with evil, like how you're saying, because it does seem like uh, everyone who thinks of power thinks of like, yeah, I could just fuck shit up. And, yeah, and it's very corruptible. Get away Manipulation, with it. right. That's what I'm like, it, it does kind of call like, Humanity, in a sense, where like uh, Abraham Lincoln's quote, where nearly all men can withstand adversity, but if you want to tr test a real man's power, give him power. Give him, yeah. Character, I give just him told him this this morning. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> that oh, that really opened my eyes. I was like, yeah, you can really see who people truly are when they're in a position of what we define power. So I, I think you're on to something when you say like, <laughs> will it be leaning towards the evil side? Because it does kind of seem that way. I mean, especially. Yeah, I think the real question is, is it always like that? Is it always ending up on the extreme? Where if someone gets too much power, do they always end up corrupt? Yeah. Um, throughout yeah. history, I think that's the norm. But um, there's got to be some people out there who have a ton of power who are respected, who are, you know, just good guys in general. Um, mm -hmm. but good intentions. I, I agree with that. Like, in a sense, those who don't need to flex, I feel, have the, the truest power in a good sense. Like, right. where I don't need to show you how much power I have is just you know it because of my works and my fruits. I, I actually would have to disagree because I feel after a certain amount of power that you have, uh -huh. once you, or depending <coughs> on how you mean, if, if, wealth, if, powerful, if wealthy, powerful men right. will always be corrupt because I, I feel like in order to get to that amount of wealth, uh -huh. you have to either do bad things or Step overlook bad things. I think that's the norm in America. It, it's yeah. like, oh, that you know, high socioeconomic individual who's a male and he has so much power, therefore he's corrupt. Uh, I think of an example like the Pope. He has a lot of power. And he's corrupt. He, he, there's a lot of corruption in the church. And they actually have come is. out with a lot of things. And, and then he overlooks it, though. That's the thing. And that's I'm a saying, very sad thing to talk about, yeah. By overlooking it, isn't mm -hmm. that evil, though? Because you have the power to do something about it, but mm -hmm. you choose not to. Right. Would that be evil? With that amount of power, there's definitely a lot of responsibility and respect to your own position. Mm -hmm. So uh, focusing on the example of corruption in the church we all know that there is a bunch of sex scandals in respect of priests and there have been popes in the past who have tried to cover it up mm -hmm. um in respect to saving the integrity of the catholic church hierarchy but i do agree with you that that corruption in high status levels is evident and people they pretty much find it out and sometimes they don't find it out but i would say that it's not in every domain you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh so it is in the catholic church it is in wall street that's another domain i would say so. just, in the uh, government i would say like, government politics yeah, yeah, academia yeah. and you know it's kind of sad to think about because we i think the politics nowadays they focus on that type of inconsistency of each hierarchy and they say well this this domain is corrupt and then they're pretty much sending the message that you know every hierarchy that you are ever in or that ever exists mm -hmm. it's bad at the top right mm -hmm. like just just don't question it there's corrupt people at the top and you know we need to fix this and it gets people talking like what we're doing today so 
I don't think I answered your question. I forget. <laughs> so, so I think what he was saying is that to get to that level, don't you have to be corrupt? You have to do bad things. Or to get to the top. Or overlook bad things. you got to sacrifice some human things but, to but get to the top. But what defines bad, right? We, we had a podcast recently talking about morality, the nature of morality, and different moral theories, right? There's there's 10 different... I mean, we went over... We didn't even finish going over all 10, but like, there's 10 different moral theories that I found, at least, on this like uh, university website. And one of the, they're all different in what is right and wrong. So... When when someone says, for example, when you say, "Oh, you're not moral. You didn't. You you're not a moral person." Well, it you have to define what type of morality, mm-hmm. right? Like based on what moral theory? Because one moral theory, it's called. We've talked about this ethical egoism, where everything in this moral theory states that what is right has to be in your self interest, and if you act against your self interest, you are wrong, morally speaking. This wow. is called ethical egoism. Eth- ethical egoism. Then there's moral subjectivism, mm-hmm. right? Where what you feel like you're doing, if you feel like what you're doing is right, then you're right. A lot of That's just, su- it's, that. it's subjective. Sure. Mm-hmm. Moral subjectivism. So I would say morality in itself, it, it is based on the individual, right? right. Um, but morality at the end is what will work, right? Mm-hmm. If more people were to have the, like, the egoism of like, oh, whatever is good for me is good and whatever is not good for me is bad, Mm. This world would be in chaos in itself because people would only look out. Look the criminal would be the criminal aspect would be a lot higher, and I mean I'm not saying it's completely bad because capitalism is kind of going towards that way, right? But it's if, in its core, if you were to actually function in that way, it would not work, right? So I feel whatever brings prosperity to you and everything around you is probably what's more, like considered the most moral. Would you say that there's anything? Would you ever, would, can you, do you guys think that there is such a thing as true, genuine altruism? No. No, right? No. But, so, so you are saying that there's self-interest in, in the, by nature we're self-interested, correct? Of course, yeah. So, so would, and I think this is the beauty of capitalism, by the mm-hmm. way, you're right. Like, we have a system that channels self-interest into, into the betterment of society, right? So if you want to become rich, if you want to become wealthy, which by some people will some people will define wealth as a manifestation of power, right? If you want that, you have to provide a good back to society. Let me give you an example. Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. The guy's provided Amazon, right? And the company's grown to I, I buy pretty much almost anything and everything on Amazon, dude. We're all like, guilty. And, and it's, it's me delivering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I work for Amazon. <laughs> He's got us all. Uh, but I, I just, I love Amazon. It get, you, you buy something at a competitive price and it gets here in two days. And you have, I mean, you have to pay the subscription, right? But like not a high subscription and many people can say that without even leaving your house, he's providing a service to you to mm-hmm. pretty much almost any good two days at your door. Crazy. So, I but think is he a bad individual? Uh, he's no. the richest man by net worth, $150 billion. I'm sure he has done bad things. I can't name them because again, a lot of times corporations tend to like sneak things under the rug, right? Uh, I can't say for sure because mm-hmm. again, I don't have any proof to really back it up. Sure. But I would skepticize that. Y- you would venture to guess, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. However, right, because so kind of like tying into what you said, um, I feel power in itself is more about respect, right? Because wealth, although many people tend to think it's power, there's only a certain amount of things wealth could do, mm. wealth could get other people to do, right? If you go up to another rich man 
and you try to buy something off or trying to make him do something, he won't do it because he has the same amount of money that you do. But if he respects you and he like sees you as something valuable, he will tend to do it out of respect. You get me? So I feel respect is more correlated to power. Uh, the reason why power needs uh, more respect than wealth is if you look at any regime of any tyrant, normally people tend to rise up and rebel because when you oppress people and when you care about more your self-interest than the other people, it never works out for you because there's more people around you than you. That you, yeah, you're it's a bigger picture than you are. Like even yeah. Forbes, I remember reading about leadership and they said it's uh, pretty interesting. A lot of people thinking like when you're bossing up, when you're leveling up, is this you're running things to show? It's actually the service of others. Like I, I found out in this life when you have power and you help others get what they want, then you turn around and it's like you'll have everything that you ever wanted and needed mm-hmm. and such without fully draining or exhausting yourself. So it's like pretty interesting. Like if you provide a service in a sense where you, all right, I, I have this as a goal over here and I want other people to see it and I want to help them reach this goal, but I'm going to lead them there how to get there because I found out how to do it. That's real power. If you're just wealthy and you're trying to like get people to, you know, influence by money and such, yeah. I feel like it it only plays with what their value, what they mm-hmm. think their value is. Correct. Like, you know, how they say everyone has their own price. So right. I feel like with true power, you have a value and the freedom. So it's like I value myself and I don't have a price, but I have the freedom to choose if I do this service or not for whatever. So luckily, like, for example, my job gets me <laughs> for whatever they pay me hourly wage because I allow it. And that's what the value I hold and such. Mm-hmm. But as I'm starting to learn, like, what type of power I have within myself, mm-hmm. maybe one day that'll change. You know, I'll wake up and say, you know what, I can provide something different here. Let me send this as a service to others because mm-hmm. that's how you get to power i think in the cleanest way is through service of others it's to respect yeah yeah many people would agree on that um it's the idea that in america i think most people view the high class as corrupt mm. so there's this psychological thing within humans that if someone is richer than you then they did something bad and corruptible to get to that level mm-hmm. and there's there's obviously tension between the lower class and the high class, 100%, and then yeah. politics is always arguing we should tax the rich, and we should tax them more, and we should uh, give more money to the collective. Um, there's this idea that you know individuals uh, they value themselves in terms of wealth, mm-hmm. and is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Who knows? But in America, it's always been like that in respect to. Mm-hmm ever since like the industrial revolution ever since money became like a real thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a marker for it, your yeah. power it, right? it's an ind- indicator it's like right. oh you have this much money well oh, i have this much money and this one many stocks yeah so it does give an idea about power in that respect and you know through respect i think many people are missing that kind of attribute in respect to power uh it's who respects you mm-hmm. and how much respect do you give? So there has to be that that good relationship between coworker and boss, mm. um, investor and inventor. Mm. So, okay. So going off of that, if respect is power, way how do we obtain respect? Is it by being able to? As is it by showing ourselves as being able to be providers, right? Because if you're able to give something to someone, that's the reason they'll respect you whether it be bestowing them with knowledge or right. bestowing them with goods. And we could even see this throughout history, right? Yeah. I would not necessarily say provider, 
I think it's trust. It comes I, down I, to that. I would say trust and okay, think about who you respect in your life. Mm-hmm. Who who do you hold in utmost respect? Okay. To me, I can tell you the people who are smart individuals, people who take who don't value artif- or not artificial, superficial things. Mm. Um People who really work hard in their life to make their dreams a reality. Let's put it that way. People who really see see through all the bullshit that society, you know, puts through a puts a, has put around us. Yeah. I think I, I, I usually tend to respect those kinds of people. Um, people, why? Because I think they're genuine and honest and and. They, they're not afraid of putting that genuine, honest self out because they respect themselves. So if you have self-respect, mm-hmm. it, others will respect you. It's almost like the judgment you place on yourself is the one that most of people will accept about you kind of yeah. a thing. I don't know if I answered your question. What was, what was the question? Um, how would you get respect or how, how would you form that? Kind respect of yourself and carry yourself as if you respect yourself. Yeah. I, I think say. it's like a self-love type of thing. Like uh, if, if I show... Or showcase to myself like you know what i feel like i'm valuable i feel like i i have something to offer in this life like what we were talking about downstairs mm-hmm. it's like really the sum of all of it is to love and to be loved in a sense and i feel like if i could do that freely and i and i show that to others then i could gain the respect and that could be a power in a sense in a manifestation of power and i just i don't know i feel I don't know. I'm losing my thoughts in a sense. No just because yeah. it's just like so back and forth. It, it was just like, yo. We're really digging deep into this individual yeah. power thing. So, yeah. No, yeah. in respect to respect, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's this idea. Bring it, <laughs> Bring it back here. Yeah. I do agree with Parth on, on, a, on a big scale here. So, most people with a lot of power, um, it's hard to really identify if they have self-respect um, nowadays. Because I look at uh, higher individuals like Trump, Jeff Bezos, um, even Steve Jobs for a while. It's like, well, it's obvious they have power, but do they have self-respect? And to a degree, you can't really answer that question. Mm-hmm. So uh, constraining the domain in respect to our local community, you know, who do we have respect for? Well, we have respect for teachers, certain teachers. Uh, we have respect for our parents, and we have respect for friends, certain friends. And it's... A human thing to really uh, identify who's bad, who's good, mm-hmm. and I think that comes down to like, is myself, am I safe with this individual? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it connects to how much power they have over you, and how much power you have over them. So, it. Uh, what was I trying to go here? That's a very human thing. It's like, how much power do you have? How much power do I have? Okay, let's do this. I think that goes like with any friendship or any relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that degree of skepticism in respect to interdynamic relationships. Okay. Kind of I, going based off what you guys are saying, I do believe that trust is part of respect in itself. Um, however, I, I still do believe that you require that person to give you something, right? When it's a friendship, right? Uh, the way or a lot of my friends who I respect a lot um, they provide stimulus for thought more creative thought right because they they help me think more and they help me clear my thoughts a little better mm-hmm. they're still providing something for me you, like for me to respect you you have to be able to p- 
provide it and it doesn't have to be materialistic it doesn't have to be but it has to be something that you provide to me that I, I, I want so say in the case of uh, Trump for so right the reason why he got powerful maybe he doesn't have self-respect uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> we can't, I don't know we can't argue, can't argue the exact opposite. Uh, I mean, but, anyways, go on, go on, go on. I'll, I'll talk about that. But later. the way that he got power is because he was providing uh, people with something, right? Uh, he was providing people with the idea of bringing back uh, the past of America and being able yeah. to like give them this future that's gonna work to their favor. He was he presented them with something they needed, and that's why he was in power. That's why I feel like. Someone to be respected and someone to gain power needs to be able to show that they can provide people. The reason we get leaders is because they need to, they need to or we need to feel like they could take us somewhere we cannot reach ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And then in Service itself, to others. Uh, in itself, that is power, right? Because when you're able to guide, when you're able to like control everything around you, uh, when you're able to control yourself, when you're able to like guide your own thing, and then people see that, then you have true power. I personally speaking, I don't know. No, yeah. That's a good point. I feel you on that. That's definitely the service of others. Like if I come out and I provide something like, yo, I have a skill set and I want to teach people like how you say, like if you feed a man a fish, you you feed him for the day. But if you teach him how to fish, you feed him for his lifetime. Yeah. So literally it's like that within itself is showing if I provide a service to give you something and to show you how to do it as a skill set, I believe that's actual power. Because it's like to expand somebody's uh, intellectual curiosity or to show like a skill set and such. Right. To teach others and to serve others, that right. makes you yourself powerful. I mean, it depends on your own self-respect, but I think in the individual sense. And I think that's why back in the day, I think now we're losing respect towards professors and teachers and no, yeah, educational you're right. students. You're right. Um, but back in the day, they used to hold professors and anybody that would teach you in such high respect. They would be like, yeah, they were like the ultimate providers. Yeah, mm-hmm. because like, oh, they're masters. the ones guiding your yeah. future in a sense. They're like they're teaching you and they're bestowing you with knowledge that you did not have prior to that. Yeah. Um, nowadays it's it's getting a little more but i feel like because we're able to get our knowledge somewhere else and a lot of personality towards since you have to provide so much knowledge to so many people uh the quality of it drops so Mm. i feel that's why kind of like people are starting to not respect them as much because i've had professors who i respect a lot because they've gone above and beyond to try to teach me something and help me out but i have professors who have not cared Mm-hmm. to even like explain things to me and I'm like, right, well I'm not going to show you respect because at the end of the day you don't really care about my yeah. education right mm-hmm. yeah that's a whole other discussion to have yeah. in respect to yeah. academia and yeah. <laughs> I know you have yeah I do too yeah <laughs> but I think we can all agree that you know it's not what it used to be yeah, yeah. So, technology yeah. changed that for sure. Te- yeah, I technology. Can find out something yeah. on the internet faster than on your phone. I mean, so much knowledge is accessible. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, jeez. Uh, um, you mentioned so something good. earlier, which I thought was interesting about when when power when leaders have too much power in in like when power is directed only towards one person so much, mm-hmm. people are gonna rebel. They're not going to just deal with that, right? And that goes back, and it's funny because we know this, to Jordan Peterson's idea um, of when you, there there has to be balance in life, right? Mm -hmm. Where, especially in politics, right? You have the right and the left, and the Republicans and Democrats, and they fight for, one fights for slight redirection of power towards the many and one fights for more freedom so but then when you have more freedom you naturally create more inequalities mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um if if it's kind of like 
the people who provide more to society in terms of capitalism will be elevated, right? Mm -hmm. The people who cannot do so will usually end up staying lower, right? But so people say like, okay, well, that's not morally correct because you need to, because we're all humans, right? We need, we all need to um, uh, have a decent living standard. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now we have these two ends of the spectrum. But what happens is, so we have hierarchies, right? Where we have people at the bottom, people at the top, people in the middle. It's like a whole hierarchy. Let's, let's say it doesn't have to necessarily be a wealth hierarchy. It could be uh, just general positions, right? Mm -hmm. When, and I remember he said this once, when you have too much of an elongated hierarchy, where there's too, many ine too much inequality, the system collapses. Because mm -hmm. the people at the bottom are not just going to stand by and, and wait for this inequality to you know, take over their lives because they're miserable. Mm -hmm. you know? they're, completely, they're living in a state of just so much chaos that they have to overthrow the government. Right? Mm -hmm. This is why a lot of the rebellions happen and things like that. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is you have to balance it. You have to do this. Do this. Do I actually, this, I have a counter-argument to that, right? I okay. feel like right now, because we do require humans to work and everything, that's why the inequality matters so much, because you need a living standard, right? Sure. But if, say, there was an inequality that was just as high, right? But the lower class did not need to work and did not need to worry about food. But the higher class obviously, like, worked. Like, right? We're in right, the future, right? right? When right, things were right. more animated and things, right. right? If people were living a comfortable life, even if they're at the bottom, but as long as they get to be comfortable, I feel like they'll be okay with it. Okay, so no matter I, I've the had amount this, of inequality. I've had this talk with Matt before. Uh -huh. It's like, remember the pie analogy that I gave? Yeah. So, so <laughs> I love giving this pie analogy. Yeah, I want to hear. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what is Go this? Go so, so every every nation has a pie. Let's say, okay, mm -hmm. and this pie is their economic wealth. They're producing when when an economy produces a certain amount of GDP, right? They have a certain GDP. This is how many how much goods and services that they're producing each year for their population. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, now every nation has a different size pie. If your pie is big, your nation is producing a lot of a lot of goods and services, and mm -hmm. you have a huge GDP. Mm -hmm. The number one pie in the world being America. Okay, the United States of America. Um, now. Here's the thing. In America, we have inequality, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how the system is set up. It's there there are slightly greater inequalities than other nations such as, you know, the Scandinavian countries um, and even a lot of European countries, just in general, mm -hmm. okay? This is called the Gini coefficient. I don't want to go too much into economics, but <laughs> anyways. Um, but the problem is the other nations that have more equality, they have smaller pies. So what happens is they have smaller pies, but their pie is distributed more equally. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, in in America, the pie is huge, but the bigger portions of the pie are distributed to certain individuals, and then the rest of them get a sliver of the pie. But if they get a sliver of the pie that's huge, they still get a lot. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but are they satisfied? Now that's the question. Are they satisfied with that? And someone once told me that by nature, human beings it's not about what they have it's about what they don't have that their neighbor has and that's so dangerous. yeah it's that's dangerous. a natural thing to have so so in a society where we have extreme levels of inequality it doesn't matter like we could say like in america we we have so many people arguing right that oh we got to tax the rich we got to tax the rich they have so much right but if you go to a different country if you go to india or china let's say you would be 
happy with what you have. You are you are ecstatic about making like thirty, forty thousand, fifty thousand a year. That's like mm -hmm. amazing mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. But here it's like, no, why is that guy making a hundred thousand? I'm making fifty thousand. Mm -hmm. You see, it's all First about your fun. relative distribution. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I see where you're going with it. But say the same say they still got the same amount of pie, right? But say that that amount of pie was able to like have them comfortably living. Because I feel like the people, the reason why people argue a lot is because they were struggling even just to stay alive in this country. Right? I mean, I'm not saying there, there's the worst conditions because there are worse. Like you said, India, there's third world countries where you really have to fight for your food and everything. Mm -hmm. But in itself, a lot of people here have to work two jobs. They're exhausted. They don't really get to do anything else. Paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Correct. But if you were to get them to an, a stable point where they just have to do one job, like one, work one, one, one job and be able to survive and be able to like go out with friends and talk and maybe like get a little bit of luxury. Not, I'm not saying like, oh, be able to ball out and take trips, but like right, right. be able to like, I don't know, go to Chipotle and get walk, walk or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the ultimate indicator that you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, need to wake up every day and get guac. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that guy's rich. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And then the rich could do, could have billions of dollars buying yachts and it's always a yacht. It's always a yacht. Huge pie, you get a small sliver, yeah. and you'd be happy. You'd right? be happy. I feel like people, if they only had to work one job, still be able to, like, uh, majority. I'm not saying everybody, because there are people that are born with ambition more than others. But I feel like majority of the population would be happy as long as they were able to just work enough and still be able to live and share their life with others. I, I can actually agree with you on that. I can. I think it, but but I think it depends on personality as well, right? Yeah. Like you were saying, like some people are born more ambitious. Some people are, mm -hmm. um, some people it doesn't matter like where they're born into. They just have to rise. They just have to, right? Um, other people yeah. will. They're they're like, hey, look, I, I just want food and and water. Like, give me you know that story. See, sort of I stuff. feel like it's been tainted because of that. Like being in America, we experience so many luxuries that the things we take for granted. Like if you're just have food, clothing, and shelter as your basic needs, then you should be happy if we're like mm -hmm. making everyone equal. I just don't think that we will have it transition that fast just because. We see so many, especially with technology, we see so many things that this life and this place has to offer that it's like, oh, this little sliver of pie, yeah, that's good. But like how you said, more ambitious people, I, I want more. Like, what's the difference between me and the other person? Like, we breathe the same air, we bleed the same blood. I mean, not the same yeah. blood. Yeah. Yeah. Typo. We both bleed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm typo. So no, I would good. actually disagree with you in the sense that we are not the same. No, and no, I, I mean, like, we would have to not experience what we experience now, because, mm -hmm. like, if I, let's say everyone was equal down or whatever, mm -hmm. if I didn't have this before, like, if I came from a third world country, yeah, I'd be over ecstatic for the shit that I have now, mm -hmm. but if I came from America and living here, and it's just like, this is what I'm promised, just to be like that, it's like, yeah, yeah I could be happy, but I wouldn't be joyful in a sense, it's just, if I get to keep this, then I'll be happy, and then if, you know, like, if yeah. things change, then it won't, I just... I don't see the minds of Americans, or at least majority that live in huge population and such, being okay with that, because I feel like this place excites ambition a lot more just because it's more tangible. Like, mm -hmm. we literally look outside and see endless possibilities. Land of opportunity, And man. that's why I feel like, <laughs> like, we would be, I do agree with you in the sense, like, it would, uh, it would generally make everyone happy. I just feel like I don't think we would ever hit that point, ever. 
in a sense, even with like automation and providing and yeah, automation would change the market. I was gonna say automation will be able to kickstart the economy like crazy. Like people don't really have to work. Is I mean, people are gonna get laid off. That's a side effect. That's a big side side effect. But people are gonna be there's gonna be robots producing things and like they have to they're gonna have to take other jobs. They might have to take they might have to work less now, right? Like you were saying, maybe they'll have one job and the government will step in, they'll redistribute a little bit of income from Amazon will, because though. you know that's I, the thing. That is a question. Yeah. Do you really yeah. think they will? Because we've had yeah. a chance to ha- be at a surplus back in the nineties when Couldn't. we were taxing yeah, like when we were taxing the high high amounts and then somehow we're in a mad deficit. Hmm. So what happened with all the government money? Did we get all of that? No. Yeah. Social security's still running out. Yeah. yeah, food true. stamps are still very hard to get, and these normal things that you know we always said we provide. There's more homeless people I've seen, even in Chino Hills. Which is weird. Yeah, the street. <laughs> but there might be a couple here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> in that perspective. It, it, it's kind of a, a discussion we need to have because, in respect to my own upbringing, I was born into a middle class Hispanic family in La Habra, and. I'm very proud of my parents and what they have given me, the opportunities. Uh, my mom's a hardworking nurse. Uh, she's been like that for the last 20 years. My dad was a professional boxer, but he's retired. And, you know, in respect to that, those opportunities, I'm also the third child. Um, so they, they got most of the, the attention, I suppose. But... <laughs> So it's kind of funny. They had more power. Yeah. <laughs> it was them. I was like, I'm sorry. I just found that kind of like funny. Idea. This is gonna turn yeah. into a math like therapy that. session. Um, <laughs> but you know, compared to me, compared to you, um, you know, your families came from India, mm. and so they had to work. I would say a lot harder. To be honest. Okay. So so, and I I would I love that we're getting into this yeah. actually because this is this is. A, I don't want to say a story that I like to tell, but it's it's a it's a reminder, right? Um, and I haven't personally experienced this because I was born and raised here. Right. Thank, so was thank I. God. You we know? were all like right? I had no. I was lucky, you, you know. Okay. Huh? Yeah. I didn't well, know. That. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. born in Guatemala. Guatemala. Yeah. Cool. I would so say welcome, was, but you're like been here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, growing up, like my dad would tell me, growing up in India in the '70s and the '80s, was it bad? It was bad. It was bad. Right. Okay. Like. It, I mean, as in any third world country would be, okay. especially back in those days, especially and any time before that, you know, where you have so much corruption, you have complete lack of opportunity. You have to work so hard for the littlest food, the littlest thing, and people are looking to screw you over left and right. And what the what the culture prioritizes is if you're able to screw the person over, the person next to you over, you're smart. You're smart. Because it's street yeah. smart. Speed to you the know? punch, yeah. You know, it, it's, that's the survival of the fittest environment, right? But mm-hmm. having brought that hardworking mentality over here, he always tells me, he's like, you American kids, like, you know, like I get it, like a lot of you guys work hard, but the standard is just not the same. And I think it's because the environment that you've been put in is, Provide it's, it's providing you with a comfortable life, a little bit too comfortable. We don't have tough skin is what they're saying yes yeah. is yeah. what he's saying we're not tough <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i, I weaklings. Yeah. so hard because i'm like i can see it i can see oh, yeah. like the standard you know i don't know i mean that's just what i no what i, I agree with but, you because you know. in a sense like i feel we were talking about grit and such like just the strength and character mm-hmm. and going with power i feel like it, 
it's kind of fading away and i do i'm starting to believe you can teach it in a sense like strength and character through like uh representation and such if we really do learn from like our parents and such like how hard they had to fight mm. well it's like all right well you know what if they had to fight this hard in their world to get this far and i like it this far then if i want to go where i want to go how much more grit do i have to have how much more do i have to put in the hours and you know yeah. like um mm -hmm. And I think that falls on the ambitious side of like what the population would be if we do make yeah. everything equal for the bottom. That's the only only thing is just like, well, you have all these people that are working so hard to reach these high spaces and such. I want to be able to do the same thing because I don't want my life to just be here only to survive, only just to do this and then to die in my grave and have full of regrets, full of ideas that I never put into fruition and such. How do I get to that point? And I feel like if everything's equal, it's going to be almost like a rat race between in the, in the same sense, almost like how it is today, where it's like if you're in the lower class or whatever, you're going to fight and, you know, like crabs in a bucket sometimes instead of mm. lifting each other up. Like, oh, how do so I get above? Please, how do yeah. I get above? You know? Oh, speaking of which, there is a book called The Evolution of Desire. OK. And it talks about intergender dynamics sort of a thing. Right. <laughs> okay. And what the professor he's, it's some some Ph.D. from the University of Texas wrote this book. Um and what he was saying is that remember i told you guys the idea behind like male competition and female competition males and females that sort themselves into hierarchies where like naturally they like pick pick each other from this hierarchy sort of so to speak mm -hmm. but with male competition it's there's more inequality in the male hierarchy and because males like to clearly dictate a loser and a winner. This is like, yeah, <laughs> like that clear. Yeah, but just like it's clear, Competitive right? Competitive like nature. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's more individualistic, that type of thing. So, what this book was saying is that, so so the females will then pick. They're they're very selective because mm -hmm. we talked about this, mm -hmm. and they pick, let's say, from this top of this hierarchy. And this is what this book was also saying. We always go towards this. It's a great example. Yeah, to give. I think it's a great example to give. So, so now we gotta talk about it. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so what he was saying in the book is that it doesn't matter what everything. If if every guy had the exact same thing, if mm -hmm. everything was completely equal, there would be no hierarchy. He's saying that that would be a constant. If every guy has it, it doesn't matter if, you know, we all are super wealthy, we're all super wealthy. You know, there has to be some extra level of wealth or there has to be some extra level of, and it, it, could, it doesn't have to be wealth. It could be physicality, mm -hmm. it could be status, yeah. it could be many other things. Mm -hmm. It could be looks, it could be everything, right? There are so many things that can create inequalities. And he says anything that's the same is a constant, it doesn't matter. In 5,000 years from now, when our society has gone to Mars and colonized there and everything like that, um, we, it's all, we're all on Mars. Mm -hmm. We're all going to be rich, mm -hmm. let's say. We're all, our society will be, will be thriving economically 5,000 years from now. On Mars. Right, on Mars. <laughs> on Mars. I'm just, I'm just predicting. It could be 1,000 years from now. Who knows? <laughs> We could be in a different galaxy. Ten years. Like, Thank you, Elon Musk. Ten, Ten years. No, 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 no. But but I'm saying like it'll be easy to go right to now. Mars. Like we can freaking teleport to Mars or something, yeah. you know. But the point being is that anytime there's a constant, their power, it, it ceases to exist because power mm -hmm. is created by inequalities. How do you decide who who's powerful and who's not if there's no inequality? Yeah. You see. That's an indicator of the hierarchy because it's like oh he's powerful well, he's up there right the powerful are on the top. Right. That's kind of like a human. Thing. Well, there's hierarchy in everything. Hierarchy is, like you said, a natural phenomenon that's bound to happen, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whether it be from intelligence to... Yeah, it's everywhere. Physical. There's like mm -hmm. coffee cup hierarchies, there's laptop mm -hmm. hierarchies, there's phone <laughs> hierarchies. 
their sock hierarchies now. Yeah. I think we can all agree Max are at the top of the laptop hierarchy. <laughs> Damn, bro. I'm, bro. Just Come saying, on. bro. Have you gone Mac. to the university they have a laser computer? Okay. <laughs> okay. Talk about well, I've said to the masses. Available to the masses. Available to the masses. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. Hierarchies uh, everywhere. Yeah. You were going to say something? Okay. Um, hierarchies are everywhere, but we do tend to lean towards one hierarchy more than the other, right? When it comes to power. Uh, in America, and actually in a lot of worlds and, and throughout the world, money seems to be the way or not not even money resources seems to be the way that power seems to lean towards Mm. it doesn't matter how knowledgeable you are you could be the brightest guy in the world but if someone else is richer they're going to be looked upon in a better way than you are Mm. you could be the most fit person but at the end of the day the guy who has more money still will be looked as better than you are yeah societal wise i think that indicates opportunity with respect to each individual it's like he has more opportunity than this guy like the rich guy than the buff guy right um it's the idea that uh, this value of a human being in our hierarchy, uh, one, I think, and I'm going to tap into the alpha male attributes here mm-hmm. uh, that we have a conversation about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the trait would be how much social status does the individual have, mm-hmm. how much socioeconomic level does this individual have, mm-hmm. and how much uh, physical fitness. fitness does this individual have. Yeah. And... Uh, we were arguing that those are like the main three traits of an alpha male Ooh, or like of a uh, also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. also the fourth one would be self-respect right, Bro, and right. Like, like, self-respect <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's when and when you respect yourself you know kind of like um, girls are sort of respect right yeah right. yeah um we're kind of like off on a tangent here yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, what we were talking about pow- power and okay alpha so male. we were basically going off of how society uh, seems to value resources and opportunities uh-huh. as power more than anything. Okay. Where in itself is not the definition of power, but it is what most throughout the world is the most. It's the most accepted like in every culture. Widely yeah. known manifestation of power, I think. Correct. I think that's what it was. Is okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think throughout every culture, there's a universal power definition, mm-hmm. right? So how much respect do they have? How many resources do they have? And how much of a provider they can be in respect mm-hmm. to the community? So. Um, you have uh, throughout history I think there's cultures that are very tyrannical so uh, there were the Nazis there were um, I think there were like tribes back then in Mexico like the Mayans mm. were they kind of tyrannic I'm not uh, sure if they were I don't think they were they were they Depends were, were kind of okay tyrannical. Yeah. okay it's, it's like they, they were they were very they were savage they were savage they, yeah. they sacrificed people left but and they right. didn't want to conquer they okay yeah. they did their own thing yeah Okay, I mean an, another uh, greedy culture back then were the Spanish, like the conquistadors. Oh yeah, they would go around like colonize, and even the British too. Genghis Khan too. Yeah, yeah. Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. They were just like, oh, we're powerful. We're oh, yeah. Get every every yeah. colony we can, and then 100%. we're gonna grow and be world domination. Hegemony. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's that was the idea back then because it was all about survival. Yeah. Right, yeah. and going back in today's uh, modern society, a lot of people are in that mentality of survival. They re- they live paycheck to paycheck, and they don't have they don't really sit down and think about, okay, what is power? What is respect? Uh, what can I do to better my life? And, you know, many people get into that mentality and they are miserable. They, yeah. the life is just not good. They're like, they, they hate everything. You know, the hierarchy is, oh, power is corrupt. And they have that easy go mentality because, you know, things suck around them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they have to fend for themselves, right? Paycheck to paycheck. They're, they're working two to three minimum wage jobs just to get by. 
and you know they're going to you know college part time and you know it's it's a bad time in that you know situation to be in let's bring it to a personal level right yeah what are each of you guys doing to obtain power in the manner that you guys want to obtain power okay so i can answer that right off the bat so my plan for power (laughs) i guess in the future uh i'm an engineering major mechanical engineering so (laughs) (laughs) he's like let's get to the root let's get to the the root here (laughs) on my personal level two engineers in the room everybody (laughs) (laughs) high-tech conversation um so the reason why i chose that field was because i'm comfortable with it Mm -hmm. another is i think it's the ultimate career for me to make the sacrifices for because it will get me not only a stable job but it also give me a challenge throughout life Mm -hmm. in respect to that i think with that challenge throughout life it will give me the discipline and also the uh, motivation to become better Mm. little by little and where the power kicks in is you know i'll be ending up a uh, a key player in the scientific community so i can go with a company i Mm -hmm. can provide you know input i can provide my skills and i can learn on the way and my idea of getting power is to go through a company become a loyal employee uh work on various projects gain a lot of skills uh, become very competitive in you know the engineering career set and ultimately uh just work with things mm. basically you know projects you know innovations things like that and you know with that kind of career, it's difficult because it, it requires a lot of sacrifice, right? I don't have weekends. <laughs> yeah, I don't go out and party. I'm not really a social type. Got to eat like crap first. Yeah, there's that the idea of health. You have to sacrifice it a bit, but there is a a, a level of balance you have to do to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a lot of sacrifice. Um, I think, in respect to every other personal story here, uh, everyone has their own difficulties, right? in their respect to their own gains of power. So that's my personal take on it. With you, it's kind of different. You're being very entrepreneurial, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because you graduated already. Yes. And <laughs> you're doing everything you can. Yeah. And you've told me that, you know, I'm not really using my degree. You yeah. know, I'm not really really using what I learned. Yeah. And you're taking initiative and you're saying, screw this. I'm going to start podcasts. I'm going to get myself known out there. Yeah. Um, you're very much... Uh, taking a new road <laughs> in my effect. Drastically different from what I thought a year ago I would be doing. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's completely different. I love that. Um, <laughs> that's, I'm sorry. Because... That's, yeah, that's what I'm a sucker yeah. for. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, that's when I, okay. My <clears throat> whole, I'm not going to try to make this too long, but growing up, all I've heard was you got to go to a good college. You got to go to a good college. You got to get your degree and you got to get a good job. Yeah. Okay. That works for some people. You know, if you're engineering, lawyer, doctor, right, you need to go to college to get these things. I never knew what I wanted to really do in life, okay? Beyond that, I still don't know. I still don't fully, fully know in detail. I'm still figuring it everyone out. Everyone has that mentality going through yeah. college. It's like, even yeah. after college, it's like, I don't know what I really want to do. Sure, yeah. So, kind of left there. And, and even if I was <laughs> honest, like, yeah. you know, with myself about what I wanted to do, I never thought until very recently that I could truly do this. And I really feel it in my gut. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a real feeling that I can really do this. And I don't know why, but it, it was only until recently where I can, I just, 
it's a weird feeling. I can't explain it. Um, maybe you want to define that as power, like just just like the ability to like f- feel that you can do something. I don't know what it is, dude. It's just I a, think it's a sense feeling. of meaning, to be honest. It's a sense of so meaning. So I have a That's, goal, and I'm going yeah. to actually pursue this goal in respect to building my own personality, building mm-hmm. my own ability. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm trying to achieve something that could possibly help me in the long run. So economically, yeah. social status. Yes. Alpha male. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Dude, yeah. so I'll tell you this, right? From from college on, okay, so anyways, I, I had to go to college. That's what it was all about, right? Mm-hmm. I got rejected from my dream university, which is UCLA, from, from high school. Mm-hmm. So I was just, I, so I decided, okay, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there. Like I don't care. You know, I, I, I didn't want to go to the other colleges that I got into. It just wasn't, it just didn't feel right mm-hmm. for me. So I went to community college and I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to fucking do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I talked to a counselor and I transferred over to UCLA. Little did I know as I'm going through university, you know, I figure out more and more that I, this isn't what I want to do. Economics, like it's it's a fantastic. That's what I got my degree in. I love it, but I don't see myself doing anything. <clears throat> economics is such a broad field that you can like pick and choose from like real estate. You can go into like government economics. You can do all this, all these sort of things. Mm-hmm. I find that it's it's not something that really brings life in me. It's not something that really, it's, I look at it as work and I don't want to look at my life as work. I think, remember, like I was saying, the definition of power is the degree to which you can control your own life and the direction of your life. And if you can really do that, and if I was honest with myself, okay, then I would say, no, I really don't want to do this. Okay. So anyways, I graduated and so I'm going through it. I'm reading. I, I took a period off where I'm just like, I'm just reading and I'm like trying to figure out what I want to do in life, you know? And... Eventually, I, uh, we stumble upon this idea of a podcast, and then I'm like, that's really interesting. I always, uh, you know, there's one thing that I've always loved doing is having conversations and, and just intellectual <laughs> yeah, thought, about, right? You like to talk. Yeah, yeah I, I, love to, I can't shut my mouth at times, man. Like, I just can't, talk, you know? Yeah. And um, that's just something that I genuinely like to do. And if I, can, if I can monetize this, if I can make a living off of this, and if I can do this, and if I truly feel like I can do this, Mm-hmm. This is the this is perfect for me. This is the road for me. You know, yeah. yeah. I and think that's power. Is a very powerful statement because you are choosing and guiding the way in which your life is going. Yes, exactly. exactly. And and if I was living true to my principles, which is again by definition power, direction of you know the, you control the direction of your life, then yeah, this is what I would want to do. And and personally speaking, yeah, all the things that I've been working on in the past like three to four years, besides college, I've been working a lot on myself, just in my personality. How I get along with people, um, all those things. Universities don't teach that nowadays. They don't. How, yeah, and it's kind <laughs> yeah, of sad. They yeah. don't. And I think it's a crucial it skill to have in life. It's a crucial yeah. skill. Yeah. Um, that stuff, and I knew I I wasn't directing it towards anything specific. I wasn't like I got to learn these skills. I got to learn how to get along with people. I got to learn this and that for a specific thing. I just knew I wanted to learn it because I had interest in it, mm-hmm. and I knew it was going to be a useful skill down the road with whatever I did in life. And it 100% was true because what I'm doing now is I'm putting all those skills to use. You see what I'm saying? Correct, yeah. Um, that by definition to, to me is, is, to me power is growth in yourself and, and you know, self-development and you finding out what your true meaning and purpose in life is and going and really doing it and killing it, you know? Not, it's, it's not looking at your work as work. Mm-hmm. You're excited to do your work. 
I, I was looking forward to this work. podcast. I was like, yeah. hell yeah, let's do this. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that's finding true purpose, uh, true power is finding purpose and meaning and actually living it and actually not just talking executing. about it, executing, yeah, taking action right. on it. Oh man. Is your microphone picking your voice up? Oh crap. It's kind of like bad. falling down. Yeah, 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 it fell yeah, down. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's actually just in these two examples. I do want to get to how you're chasing oh, yeah. power. But you guys are chasing power in a completely dri- like drastic different way, right? Yeah. How do we get along? What are these saying? Opposites attract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti-social, social. Not to start a fight. End of the friendship right now. We're just not meant to you were saying no no um i feel like it's it's crazy how everybody has their own way in which they're searching for that power in their life and then i mean power and meaning in a sense right because i feel like the reason you search for power is you're searching for a reason or yeah a meaning in your life. that motivation should motivation. come from somewhere yeah correct true um you want to say what, how you chase power um how i chase power is Kind of falling back on uh, how Parth was saying, where you work on yourself more. Like I read this book, or actually not this book, I was listening to Jim Rohn, where he said, uh, if you work hard on your job, you'll make a living, but you work hard on yourself, you'll make a fortune. It's not really the fortune that I'm seeking for to equate my power, it's just more of who I have to become to get there. Like I, I wrote myself a $10 million check when I got my first bank account. I still have it in my wallet, cannot cash it, will not cash it because they'll be like, you're crazy. (laughs) What I wrote on the memo is for who I have to become to get it is the true prize. So to be honest, the power for me is this journey going along, like learning who I am. Because if I find out, let's say at age 40, that I received everything that I wanted, then I won't feel as powerful anymore because there's nothing else for me to get. But if it's for me searching for my own power, it would be the journey of how much further can I elevate my own mind and thoughts and how I what I'm doing to I guess reach out for it is chasing my dreams like I do aspire to act because I love telling stories I love connecting with people that's another thing love I love to love I love to talk about love like what we were talking about earlier today it was just literally coming down to the core goal of my life Mm -hmm. is to give out love and to be loved of course there's a lot of things in between and such but when I take my last breath the only thing that's gonna matter is that I please myself and that I please God. That I find has true pride, or like with the least amount of regrets is what I mm-hmm. should say. And I don't know, I, I feel like that's where my own personal power comes in. Cause a lot, of, a lot of the things that I saw as flaws within myself, like, oh, you know, I'm short. I may not be like pleasing to look at this and the other. We're actually it's, my superpower. It's it easy was, to find flaws yeah. than to find good things, isn't it? Yeah, and I yeah. feel like I'm starting to change my mindset to like these things are I feel like are my shortcomings, I'm going to use as my superpower. So yeah. I'm going to be okay and be confident with my height and such. Yeah. For those of you who know, I'm shortest one here. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> let it be known. But, you didn't you know, have to say that. We're No, but you know, a lot of the things that I... I feel within my own personal self yeah. has given me power in a sense where it's like, all right, well, if I am short on this side, let me let me double up on the things that I can do because you know everybody sucks at something. Right. So <laughs> let me double up, but more so, I think what I am doing to chase power is to try to connect with as many people as possible in this world because there, 
I'm starting to learn this world is so huge. Everyone says, oh, it's a small world because you know somebody else. No, this world is fucking huge. Yeah. And He's personally I just want to connect world. with, yeah, just to connect yeah. with people and to talk. Like, that's why I enjoy this podcast. I like mm-hmm. talking too. Yeah. As you can see, it'll be about nothing. Sometimes I might hit something. You shoot yeah. in the dark long enough, you'll hit something. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel um, my ultimate goal is to just connect and to know as much as I possibly can. I may not be able to do everything I find out in this life, but I want to find out all I can do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would equate to power within myself. So I just learned like, hey, I actually am pretty decent at, you know, skiing or snowboarding and stuff. A lot of you think a lot of black people don't do it because it's cold. Oh, yeah. you, know, do, you know, if they had a heated thought. ice rink, we would probably <laughs> play a lot more hockey. But yeah. a heated <laughs> ice rink? And then we'd have to learn how to swim. No, um, I just <laughs> I just feel like that within itself is power is just learning everything that you can. And finding out everything you can do in this life. So mm-hmm. when I do take my last breath, whether it be, you know, the next second from now or, you know, 50 years from now, I find out everything that, you know, Paul can do. Correct. And, I, and I chase and I execute and I at least try. I feel that within itself as freedom would be power in my sense. Can I, can I say something? I think I, I 100% agree with you. I have okay, you don't agree. have to. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do. I do. I'm, not, I'm not about to say like, but I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I actually do agree with you. I think what you're trying to say is it's not about the wealth. It's not about the the ability to get girls. It's not your about your any of that stuff. Yeah. It's about you can learn all that stuff, but at the end of the day, it's about the person that you're becoming. Mm-hmm. It's about the development of you as a man. You see what I'm saying? And the road that you're taking to get there. And when you look back on that road, you see who you used to be Mm -hmm. versus who you are now and how long, how far you've come. That's exactly this is that that difference is your power, the the ability to change yourself Mm -hmm. and the ability to kind of like it's kind of like going with what I was saying about like the direction of your life. Right. Yeah. It's like you that feeling is a euphoric feeling. When, I'm when, it right now. Like, you can feel it. it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can feel it. Look, think back to when, you know, think back like five, just five years ago, mm-hmm. how different we probably all were and how far we've probably come. I can tell you I was a completely different person five years ago, six mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. So radically different you wouldn't recognize me. And I knew I had to go to work on myself, you know, and that's what I've been doing. And I think that's power. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I agree yeah. with. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. really crazy. Um... Actually, per, I feel like my chase for power is a combination of all three of you guys. Okay. Okay. Well, right. I mean, I say all three, but you guys are yeah. pretty similar. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, I am chasing the engineering field, and I totally get where you're like going with the sacrifice, no weekends, like right. Yeah, when we're the like, same. yeah. Okay. I, I hope you don't get mad, but sometimes I'm like, I text Parthia, I'm like, hey, I might do homework in the in between sessions. <laughs> oh no 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 no, it's fine, dude. I, I recognize priorities, you know. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I get where you're going with the sacrifice, and you want to work in an institute in which you could innovate, right? You want to create something, you want to be able to provide, you want to be a key factor in there for in that. Yeah. And I kind of feel the same way in a sense. I do want to grow to that, but I feel like my my chase for power in itself, the engineering thing, is just but a fraction of it. Um, the reason I'm straight, um, chasing engineering is because I feel like with engineering, I'm doing. I haven't decided just yet because I'm I'm still kind of wobbly between aerospace and mechanical. Okay. But whether it be one or the other, it gives you a different way into looking at life, right? You start questioning as to how things work why do things work mm-hmm. what's going on around you right 
And at first, I do want to acquire this kind of thinking because I feel like when you understand the world in a sense, then you're able to create things, right? And mm -hmm. then, so I want to start off basically by um, getting my degree and working for a company, hopefully Boeing. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you hear that. Yeah. Like Sponsors, this. Sponsors. <laughs> you know who to hire. <laughs> um, all right, but that is a stepping stone into which will get create uh, give me wealth, right? I do. I am searching for wealth initially, because mm -hmm. uh, I feel like with that wealth, uh, I have more freedom, more possibilities right. to me. Um, I want to be able to get to a point where if I want to go and travel the world and like go through different countries and everything, I could just go and do it. Mm -hmm. right? I don't have to be thinking or looking at my bank account and be like, can I do it this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Because yeah. again, like we said, power is being able to guide your life. Mm -hmm. And if you think that you can obtain power on your own, personally, I feel like you're mistaken. Mm -hmm. because no one can attain power just on their own. I agree. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, if you think that you could obtain power without hard work and sacrifice, you're, again, wrong, mm -hmm. because that requires work, whether it be, you know, acting. You're required to be studying the scripts and mm -hmm. practicing, whether it be, you know, economics or even the podcast, right? You have to plan things out. You have to really think about it. Engineering, we have to study and everything. So this moment, I'm sacrificing, because at times I'm like, like, have you ever felt in class you're like fuck like like i don't i don't understand this like i have to go and grind like you feel a little bit like i don't 85 percent of engineering class is teaching yourself right like you're like you're trying to figure it out and sometimes it just doesn't click right away it's just, it is it takes a while and it's based on the field too because when it comes to dynamics statics uh just basic electrical engineering too this stuff has been a it has been around since like the 50s or 40s. Yeah. So nothing of it is new, basically. There might have been new inventions, like many twists and turns to many of the concepts. But it all works the same. But the foundations is all the same. Yeah. So I have some engineering professors who are really lazy about it. So they're like, okay, this is this, this is this. Class dismissed. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't teach me anything. So, you guys remember differential equations, right? Okay. <laughs> easy stuff. Easy stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy to think about. And it's like, oh my God, this is so demanding. Because it yeah. becomes so... You sacrifice a lot. You, do. you honestly do. You, you spend weekends trying to understand simple concepts. And it's it's amazing how much you can do, to be honest. I've, I've been amazed at myself. Like, oh, wow, actually, I finally get dynamics now. Okay. I finally get okay. basic electric uh, circuits. It's amazing. The reason why engineering is so appealing to me because it forces you to be innovative. It forces you to have discipline and it forces you to pretty much, uh, you know, better yourself in a sense. Yeah, no, no, I, I, com <laughs> I completely agree with that. But, okay, this is another question. And I do have to relate to you. Gail for it, you're, yeah. the one. <laughs> you're probably the one. That oh, so we're not good enough. I have someone to relate huh? to. I mean, tell me partial differential. Give <laughs> 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 no. the glare here. No. Yeah. But while studying, do you ever feel powerless, right? Because sometimes I'm looking at something and I'm like, how do people get this? It's, yeah, because we're given a semester long to learn this stuff while mm. professionals have done this for like 10 years. Yeah. And when it comes to that, that feeling when you're studying, like sitting down on Saturday night and you're like, oh my God, I just don't get this. Like, yeah. What's going on here? Solution man doesn't make any sense. Uh, how does mm -hmm. he explain this? You go to some other classmate, like, yeah, man, I don't get it either. <laughs> like, yeah, we can fail together, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always get those buddies, yeah. yeah. Um, it's... <laughs> 
it's amazing to think about how um you know most of the work that you're doing in engineering it's it's like that on the field in in the career right it's like oh you're supposed to figure it out right but you're the engineer that what gives it meaning though right yeah when those nights that you're feeling powerless and then being able to figure it, it out those moments are incredibly like, powerful it's just so that's the only feeling. Yes, my program works. Yeah, it makes sense. It, yeah. yeah, so in a sense, though, I feel because we have felt powerless at times, you yeah. search for that sort of power. Like right? during class and everything. During, uh, yeah. And then I'm kind of seeing that within the way you guys were explaining how you guys were searching power, right? You were told as uh, from a young age you have to do this you have to go to college and you have to follow this mm-hmm. road right and so you you look and search for power building your own road because you're like no i don't want to be confined to what people were telling me to do mm-hmm. same right you're like you're you're acting you're 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 trying to when you were growing right you you were looking at your faults and you're like no i need to better myself so you're per- you're searching for power and mm-hmm. awakening to bettering yourself mm-hmm. right so i feel like that is the way we begin to search for power within ourselves is by the things that made us feel powerless. Yeah, you definitely have to experience mm-hmm. that lack yeah. of uh, like control, I, I assume, in respect to your own power. <laughs> yeah, but it pushes interesting. you. It does so push you. That's a really interesting thing that you're pointing out. So are you saying that we typically tend to look for power in the arena where we're the most powerless because that feeling is just dreadful of not having power in that area of your life? Yeah. I, I can agree with that actually to a certain degree. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. As I look back, I'm like, yeah, where <laughs> lack power is where I sought the most to gain. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Minimize your weaknesses, that type of thing. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. And I think that um actually that contributes to the dropout rate in engineering because when it comes to the beginning foundation classes, you feel powerless in the sense that none of this makes sense, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I'm never going to get this. You know, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's helping me out. The tutors don't even help. The solution manuals are weird, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to drop out. <laughs> and that mentality hits people hard, hard in the face. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had to go through that sense of powerlessness uh, through multiple classes. It's like, oh, dude, this is, this is tough. Next thing I know, I'm taking fluid dynamics, and I'm understanding dynamics. I'm like, holy shit, how did I get here? And, you know, I'm programming, and I'm, I'm really trying to be better and innovated. And it's a sense of, okay, I'm powerless now. Mm-hmm. But when I do feel that power, it's going to feel better than anything else I've ever had in this world. Um, so it's that struggle it is. that really motivates you. It's like, For one me, day I'm going to get it. One day it's going to make sense. Yeah. Um, so going back to, to what I was kind of going with. Yeah. The, the way I found out and the kind of I came to the conclusion that where I was feeling the most powerless was where I was trying to seek power is because I realized that in my childhood I was very restricted as to what I could do and where I could go. Okay. And so that led me to seek out ways into which I could expand that, right? And in a sense, I want to accumulate wealth. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, all right, how can I accumulate wealth within the abilities that I was given? And from a young age, I mean, again, physics and all that is not easy, but it's manageable. Like to me, mathematics has always came like a second nature in a sense. I, mm-hmm. I look at problems, I'm like, all right, I could solve this. And then I look for ways to solve it. Yeah. Uh, English, not my field. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. I'm okay at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time. So I searched for where I could succeed in life. Okay. In which it would bring me the things that will give me the power, right? So for me... It's sad to say, in a sense, because I do value money a lot, like very highly. 
Yeah. I don't think it's bad. I think it's just the love of it that turns people bad. So I think it's <laughs> Yeah, and I think we're really sending a message to folks who are listening and who are watching. Uh, you know, you have those freshmen who are going to engineering and right. they have high aspirations, and then they take their first hard class and they're like, screw this, I'm going to drop out. Um, you get a lot of those kind of freshmen. And my message to you would be, you're going to feel like shit for quite some time yeah. in respect to this career. I still feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that, it's that uh, struggle that you experience day to day. And my message would be, you know, feel like shit now so you don't feel like shit on the job. So yeah. fail as much as you can now so mm-hmm. you don't fail on the job. Because when it comes to the job, that's where the real, uh, you know, realistic real world hits you. Because mm-hmm. you have a boss, you have money on the line, you have, you know, a budget to keep up to. And, and I feel like this expands to more than just engineering, right? Because in life, you will yeah. feel like shit. Because oh, yeah. you're not going to be perfect at everything. That's and true. There are things that you're not going to get. Yeah. And whether you're going for an engineering field or low law school or I don't know anything in the world, right? Any even like if, demanding type yeah, of yeah. Even if you're not going for a career, right? Even if you're just trying to get into that manager position at your work, right? It is going to take a lot of grinding. It is going to take a lot of you feeling like shit. It is. Some mornings you're gonna wake up and you're like not even gonna want to do it. Right? Yeah, like, that's true. Oh, why am I even doing this, right? You're gonna mm. question yourself. And if you really want power, power would be you, like shaking that feeling off or just bearing through it and just mm-hmm. continuing that because that will bring you power. Mm-hmm. That in itself, because then you are in control of your life. You are deciding what you want to do, and you are saying, "Hey, I feel like shit. This is not really comfortable at this, but I know what I want, and I'm chasing it." No yep. matter what, no matter how. True grit. True grit. True <laughs> yeah, grit. Bite uh, it and just go for it. You have one life to live. <laughs> As they, I mean, I don't know. I haven't died yet, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you later, I'll tell you. But if, if you do yeah. get yeah. reincarnated, <laughs> I'll let you know. My sign will be a flower on the. No. <laughs> yeah, just to have true grit. Like, literally, you have one life to live. Like, play your best cards, go for it. Don't stop. That's what I feel. Yeah. True nature of power is. Everyone's still their own hands. When you don't want to, take another step. Like, be a rebel. Like, mm-hmm. your existence being a rebellion, in a sense, yeah. because all these things are coming against you. This shit's very hard. I'm pretty sure for engineering, because I remember taking physics. It was fun, but it was very hard. It and gets was to a point where it gets level. ridiculous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, I'm sure, because I've only done the intro levels and stuff. And yeah. it's just to the point where, I don't know, if I... If I could just say one thing, it's harder to live with the regret at the end of the year because I remember visiting a nursing home. That's one of the the heaviest places to live. Not everyone there is sad, but you, you see so many people who have regrets and so many people who really wish they had taken that chance to yeah. shoot their shot at the girl that they liked, you know, 90 years ago or whatever. And it makes me think like, yo, you got to really put on your best cards. Like when I don't feel like doing something, you do it. Yeah, you do it because there's a lot of things against us in this world, and we can't be one of them. Yeah, you have that mentality when you work out, right? It's like, oh, I feel like shit in the morning. Why do I have to go work out? Well, just do it. Just do it. You, yeah, yeah. yeah, just do it. Knock you trademark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid of rejection either. That's another thing. That's that true a too. A lot of people fear failure and rejection, and to be honest, those things make you more powerful. I think in a sense because if you learn to roll with it. Yeah, I mean, no one wants to feel like shit, to be honest. (laughs) I wake up wanting to feel like shit. Yeah, it's like, oh, why am I doing this? (laughs) Yeah. No, whether whether it be whatever, whether it be through a corporation, right? You want to climb the corporate ladder, go and challenge the boss. 
Yeah, you're afraid you're gonna lose a job, and you might. I'm not saying you you cannot lose a job if you do it in the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> you're but, fired. <laughs> you're fired. Get out. Get out. <laughs> but if you you have an idea, the only way it's gonna get heard is if you say it. If you have a mm-hmm. thought, if you want something, go for it, or else it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Like things don't just happen magically. I hate when people are like. If I think about it and wish for it enough, it'll come to me. No. no yeah. Nothing that ever is good for you will just fall for you, fall in your laps. Yeah, in a corporation setting, it's it's really tense. Yeah. To begin with, to be because it's, yeah. it's like you know you don't like your boss, you know you don't really, you don't really like to talk to him. Just get through your day. <laughs> come home. You get in that mentality. It. Yeah. yeah. It's like you know, come go, clock in, clock out. Yeah. Um, you know, I get my paycheck. I'm happy, and you know, people they don't stop and think like. Am I really a value? Mm. I feel like shit. Can I stop feeling like shit? You know, you know, there's people on the freeway right now who are going to their work and I'm pretty sure they're in that state of mind yeah. where it's just like, go to work, come back, clock in, clock out. And, you know, is that healthy? Who knows? It's many people live that kind of mentality nowadays. Mm. And it's, if you ask me, it's not healthy. Yeah. yeah. Th- th- there's got to be a point where you're like, okay, I got to be better than who I am right now. That's when you start working on yourself. That's when you start realizing work hard things. on your job and stuff. I believe that. Yeah. I might be. I'm a bit of a pessimist. Okay. In a sense, I yeah. feel that power and ambition are only for those that are born with it and care to have it. Okay. I have met people and I have talked to people who just want to live a sedentary comfortable life comfortable life yeah and even though i don't agree with it oh. it does make them happy it, it, yeah. yeah and in that case i would say you know what if that nine to five job gets you the paycheck and gets you to spend time with that one person you care about and you're happy with it by all means be happy and be comfortable mm-hmm. and do that now if you want to be ambitious and powerful in that case i feel you have to try harder and you have to just get up and do it yeah, no, I agree. The one thing that got me to not be so stagnant in my life is that uh, so it was like one of the questions that asked, like, uh, where do you think the richest place in the world is? People say, oh, America. People say, oh, Dubai, this, that, and the other. But it's actually the grave because of all the ideas that people didn't put into fruition. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure somebody has already had an idea how to make an automated whatever it is. They never acted on it. And, and never acted on it because yeah. they're so afraid of rejection, so afraid of failure. Yeah. That's the uh, richest yeah, place yeah. in the world. I was like, yo. Yeah. That makes sense. Like that's why I, I everything that comes in my mind, with any with any sense, mm-hmm. try to put it into action. Just try. You'll surprise yourself because, like you said, when there's something you didn't get, and then you turn around, and it's like, oh damn, I get this. And then the more complex version of it. Yeah. You wouldn't have known that had you not gotten up and did it. You know. That what I mean? is true. Yeah. There's this idea of power where the ones who have less power are less likely to speak up in a mm-hmm. social setting, where that whereas the ones with the most power end up being very exuberant and very um you know expressive yeah and my mind goes to people who drive like fancy cars who are you know on wall street um they think they have so much power right so they they, they want to express it yeah right yeah. <laughs> trump tower look at my tower it's yeah. bigger than everyone else i got power oh. and then oh, yeah. you know you got people who don't have that much power who are kind of submissive in a way right where they're like i don't want to mess with that um you know, they're afraid to speak up. You know, mm-hmm. they have a very low level mentality and respect their daily life. Mm-hmm. And just like what you said, they don't really act on things. Um, so there's a, there's a sense of self-respect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And this, it's different when it comes to people who think they have a lot of power and people who think they don't have a lot of power. 
that's a really key point there. So there was a doctor, his name was Maxwell Maltz, and he wrote a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. And in this, I, this book, the whole book, the idea is that real power is within your self-image, meaning how do you view yourself? Oh. It's not only about, will, he says will, he actually says willpower is not the answer. He says self-image management is. So how you, if you see yourself as someone who goes to the gym three times, four times, five times a week, you will. I needed to hear that. Yeah. You know, if you, because, <laughs> and if you see yourself as someone who is a certain way, you will act exactly how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. But here's the key. Here's the even more important part. It's not just that you will act the way that you see yourself. It's that you literally cannot act otherwise. So if for the people who are stuck, you know, and feel powerless in a way in their life, let's say they have bad habits and mm -hmm. they feel like they just can't change those habits. They can't get rid of them, right? Part of the answer lies in their self-image because if they saw themselves as someone who does not indulge in those bad habits, they wouldn't. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. They're like, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a friend actually, Michael. Michael. Yes, he doesn't drink alcohol at all, never. Or smoke. Or smoke, or drink coffee. No alcohol. No alcohol, <laughs> no coffee, no, none of, none of that. And he has, this, he, he has this sort of, I wouldn't even say it's discipline, I would just say his self-image is completely different. He just sees himself as someone, oh, I don't do that, that's just not me, and it becomes easy. Mm -hmm. It literally, it's easy for him. He just says no every time. It's like without even, even trying, because he sees himself as someone who's different. And, and mm. in Psycho-Cybernetics, he says, Maxwell Maltz said that it's not willpower. It's self-image management. If you're doing it with teeth gritted, it's not always the answer. Does that make sense? So that's your power. Your power comes in how you view yourself, and you will act as you see yourself. No, oh, yeah. You see? That is the true part. Yeah, you're right. And so. I know, I'm sure you know this is for acting too, right? Like when you have to act a part, you almost kind of like got to put yourself in that character. You almost got to feel like that character. Oh, no? yeah. Like there can't be any sense of uh, judgment and such and like where you want to go, how this person dressed, all the way down to the details. And you're right. Like with the self-image, it does reflect on a lot of uh, what we do and don't do. And it's like I started pulling back on drinking. That, so I was like, I got to meet this Michael because I, I used to be the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. I used to hold myself not necessarily in a higher standard, but just I, I would take better care of my temple. And now I'm starting to get back to that. I'm like, you know what? Now that my mind is starting to get a little more airtight, I need to work on my self-image. Mm -hmm. starting to change my actions. I'm not going to say what I do as a vice just because we're on the <laughs> podcast and yeah. I don't want to admit it. But, you know, it's starting to pull back a lot less and less. And I'm, I'm falling in love with myself again to the point where it's like, yo, I like who I'm becoming again. Because before it was just stagnant. I was just okay, you know, where I was at now. But now that you mentioned it, it's something I needed to hear, like with the self-image. Mm -hmm. I need to, you know, value myself a little more. And for everybody out there, value yourself more. Yeah, that mentality is not really popular nowadays. No. Because when it comes to feeling like shit, like through day-to-day -day life, it's easy to find flaws in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this. Too easy. Yeah. And yeah, like, they don't, they like to compare themselves to people today, right? Instead of comparing themselves to who they were yesterday. Yeah. So yeah. Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson yeah. <laughs> rule number four. Rule number four. <laughs> That's right. It's yeah. People just don't do that nowadays, and I think that plays a big role. Why you know media outlets are saying, "Oh, millennials are depressed." Like, mm -hmm. oh, this is like the most depressive generation we've had. And you know, is it true? Is it is it not true? Who knows? But there is that mentality, uh, very popular nowadays, and people live through it. 
It's kind of sad. And that, yeah, that's the thing I'm afraid of. Like people going unaware. That's yeah. To be unaware of what you could do with your life and what power mm-hmm. that you really do have within yourself. To be unaware is dangerous. Yeah, and I, I look at politics to be honest. They they like to uh, blame a lot of their problems on something else. So I'm thinking of like extreme leftists where they're like, I'm suffering because the system's corrupt. I'm suffering because I don't have enough money. I'm suffering because I don't have enough rights. The blame game. The blame game, mm-hmm. right? So they play the victim mm-hmm. card all the time. And I'm not saying that, you know, victims are a bad thing. It's just when it comes to very extreme uh, behavior where they're like, you know, nothing's wrong with me. It's all you guys. So mm-hmm. I want to play this card over and over and over again. My card wins every time. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't I don't feel it's bad to be the victim, but I feel like you have to think about how you can get away from that. Mm. Right? It's like okay. The mentality of yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well not mentality in itself, but that situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um when I came here to the US, um my family is not wealthy. We actually stayed with my grandma. My mom's still staying with my grandma. My grandma. My dad went actually went back to Guatemala. So it's me, my sister, and my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not happy with that situation, right? I'm like, I'm crowded in this house with a bunch of family members, which, I mean, I care for them, but it's it's too much. It's it was a lot of people in one house. Right. Let's just say that. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm not happy with this. Yeah, I had no choices to come in here. I had no choice into which uh, class I was born into. I had no choice as to what education I got. I had no choice in many things. And yeah, I mean, the odds were kind of stacked against me in a sense, right? I mean, when just coming here, I had actual surgery and then I went through a process. Uh-huh. There was a lot of back sets and everything. But I'm like, I'm not going to stay here down. Yeah, I could have been the victim of this entire economic system uh-huh. and uh, nature and all these things. Or all these bad things are happening to me. But this is not what I want for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I went through hard shit, but I'm uh, work hard to not be in that position anymore. Showing your resilience. It it wasn't my fault that I was in that position, but I'm gonna get myself out of it mm-hmm. because no one else will do it for me. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, it's like yeah, play the victim. I mean, because at, at times you are the victim, right? Yeah, you, I could you could be like, all right, so this capitalistic thing, and you know, the, there's a gap, and then you know they're taking more money. There was not that many resources for us to get from. It's going to be a lot harder for you. Yeah, it's going to be a lot harder for you. But mm. they're not going to change their ways. So how are you going to cha- how are you going to better yourself? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you are the victim, but no one else is going to get you out of it. You so get yourself out of it. That is yeah. true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, That's yeah. I totally agree with that. It's the idea that you know someone through your hardship, you have to go through a lot, mm-hmm. and when it comes to that struggle, it no one else is experiencing your type of struggle. It's so unique, mm-hmm. right? And you know, it ultimately comes down to your own sense of power and saying, okay, I need the self-discipline and I need that sense of motivation from myself to get myself to a better position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to playing the victim, uh, what I was trying to get across was nowadays, it, it's a lot of, uh, you know, victim competitiveness. Is that the word? It's like how uh, how uh, much? What was the word we we, t- we talked about we talked the other about day? Virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. Yes. Okay. Where you know, you guys know? Do you guys know what virtue signaling is? No. Have you guys heard of it? Virtue signaling is where you know you see these people on Facebook or on Instagram. They always oh playing pity and stuff like playing that? pity and not just pity, but they they talk about how the whole 
like you know like extremely leftist thinking like like the system is corrupt this that blah 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 right it's like they're trying to one up each other it's like it, i'm a black woman yes. who uh, it's harder for me. It's harder for me. Well, I'm a black woman with a right. kid, and he's got special needs. It's harder for me. And it's like, you know, I got five kids. It's harder for me. And, you know, it's that, it's that level of trying to up each other up. Uh, up your victimhood kind right. of a thing. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> no, seriously. The higher you go. The height. <laughs> yeah. All right. But it's beneficial, right? I mean, and in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. To play the victim here in the U.S., it is beneficial. It is. A, it, so you cannot yeah. tell them... You can't say it's a bad thing because right. at the end of the day, it will help their situation. Mm-hmm. Because by playing the victim, you could get into a better college, right? <laughs> my grades, what if oh. my grades are in, no, no, <laughs> yes. what if my action. grades aren't that great? But yeah. oh, I am <laughs> a like I, I grew up in poverty and I'm from a foreign country, and right. you just say all the bad things in you. They're like, all right, you know what? We don't have one like you here. Come. Isn't that affirmative action? Is that, that is is that what it is something so, yeah, yeah so it's this much. idea that you're using your sense of suffering or your sense of victimhood to get into a better college correct is See, that how they do it? But I, can, I can agree with oh, yeah. that only thing is that i just feel like people take it to the extreme where i i think it's okay to play the victim card to create opportunities mm-hmm. i just don't think it's okay to play it to get the rewards because the ultimate yeah. reward like to get money okay. so you know like yeah. oh you know i'm poor give me money give me money instead of oh i'm poor please give me a job teach me this and the other let give me into this school to teach me how to like how yeah. to say that's what i'm like i feel people cross those lines so much there's a different level where it's like yeah i want it. the government to step in because i'm so poor you know mm-hmm. like please yeah. save me save me yeah, yeah. sure handouts but instead of saying oh you know like please create jobs for me so i can yeah. i can fend for yes. myself and i can mm-hmm. fight yes. you know you like the fish analogy no, like, yeah. 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 yeah yeah so i'm just like yeah. yo i think people need to learn how to fight like you can be a victim and such but you hear those stories where people get out of it you need to learn how to fight Jordan, for yourself you know, you know jordan peterson actually said this um he said it's about equality of opportunity not mm-hmm. about equality of Outcome. outcome yeah so you don't want to create so much inequality that it's like everything is the same it's then you're in a communist system kind of a thing you know like everyone's <laughs> the same there's no individuality yeah. then what, what is it you know but when you have equality of opportunity that's i think the key we mm-hmm. should strive for equality mm-hmm. of opportunity mm-hmm. but after that what every individual will do with that opportunity is going to be it's different to you, and yeah. whenever people do act in different ways there's different consequences there there are going to be inequalities created mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying so inequality is not necessarily a bad thing it's inequality of opportunity that's a bad thing mm-hmm. no um, i agree and i mean you guys might not agree with this right mm-hmm. but i feel like you're like when you're playing the victim when you get the outcome it, ma- it to me right it shows a little more Smart power, more oh, like you've came from you, so much you, further. Oh, 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 no, I so get much that. more, right? It's just, like, I don't feel like the reward should be given out because of you being in that situation, yeah, yeah. But I do agree with you, though. Like, it does show, like, yo, know, rags the riches, like, that's dope. It makes my dream more tangible because if he can come from you know, live it off of two dollars a day, I don't think anybody can live off two dollars a day, yeah, but you know, to like making this amount and yeah. such, then that's great. So, I, I actually do agree with you on that. It's just, I don't. I really don't see giving out rewards and such. This, I guess, falls mm-hmm. on the right a little bit. I just don't see giving out rewards. Oh, I agree. For, I completely agree. Yeah. Never. Yeah. I don't think another person's. You're not someone else's responsibility. There we go. Yeah. You are your own responsibility. Well, I think universities play that game all the more, don't they? Because not only do they have affirmative action, but they also they have uh, specific scholarships, right? Yeah. It's like True. Hispanic scholarships. Yeah. So they yeah. they play that that. Uh, the idea that you know if you're so unique we'll give you this unique scholarship mm. and you know 
it's it's the idea that you know who's the who's the more victim but then for scholarships right in that right. sense that's still a ladder because you in order for you to get a scholarship that one, is true you have to keep your gpa up and yeah two, you have to be enrolled into the school there's still a ladder it's so not like it's, giving it away. it's not like yeah. just hey there's this money you're from no it's like hey you but you're working towards bettering yourself yeah. Oh, yeah and you are a victim okay we agree and you are working towards something better let me help you still out. up to you yeah yeah but it's not like hey i'm gonna support you because you're you're a victim no yeah and i think scholarships it's not through the university all the time it's like through other private companies right yeah, like yeah. Edison can give scholarships. Yeah. And dude, you know what's funny? My dad, when he first came here, he was like, holy shit, dude, the government actually helps you here? Gives you money. <laughs> <laughs> they can actually help They do that. I think every not, It's not like survival of the fittest out here. going on? Money on the table. Yeah, it's a big surprise, isn't it? Because our sense of democracy, or how would you define our government? You guys had to talk about this. We, it's like a, we, it's a representative, representative democracy. Constitutionally, yeah. yeah. Something like that, where yeah. it's it, even to the case where, in respect to democracy, there is a sense of socialism. There is a sense of agreeable socialism, right? Mm-hmm. So we can all agree that you know the, the fire department needs to be funded. Yeah. We can all agree oh, that yeah. the police department needs to be funded. Military, we all agree yeah. that you know there's there's a sense of public schooling, mm-hmm. not completely you know free, but it's it's the sense of you know everyone has a right to education. Well, it's free to up to a certain age, right? like basic, right? Like be, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's after twelfth grade. After twelfth grade, grade yeah. right? One quick thing, by the way, regarding education, I did, we had an economics class, which I think really, we we should probably hit on this later on. It was very interesting because they said that when you fund public education, mm-hmm. there are gains to be seen that are higher. It's a cost-benefit <laughs> analysis, okay? Mm-hmm. So how much is a cost and how much of a benefit are you getting from it, right? So the cost and benefit analysis, it works in the positive for the masses when it goes up to eighth grade. After eighth grade, you actually should not have public education because the the your benefits actually go below your cost, and that's that's that right. the, and, and any successive thing after that is actually worse. So colleges actually should not be free. That's the argument that the textbook was making. Colleges or high school? Eighth grade. Anything after eighth grade, including college. And what he was saying is like you know so so and the textbook even said this. Any politician that says free college, you have to watch out because. Any anytime the word free is thrown around, who's paying for it? Someone else. Someone else is gonna pay for it. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> with this analysis, I understand that it's actual data that is is um, what's collected and everything. I can't really argue that that's not true. But I feel like it's because our educational system is flawed. If we were to be able to educate people better from up to eighth grade, I feel like it'd be more beneficial even beyond that. Mm. But because we don't really teach people anymore, right? I mean, honestly, I remember my fifth, sixth, and seventh grade, and I was like not learning anything, not even learning how to learn anything important. I think yeah, you weren't learning anything important. They don't probably. teach you like uh, realistic lessons, to be honest. Yeah. So when you're through Money high school, management. yeah, they don't teach you about banking. They don't teach you about loans. They don't teach you about right. any of that important if we, stuff. If we Taxes. teach that in high school, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that Yo. would change the statistics drastically. Yo. It probably it will. Would've. It probably will. I said they teach you like yeah. calculus, calculus. And yeah. stuff like that. It's, I mean, so like, we not everyone's gonna use that. Parabolas, like no, yeah. okay. <laughs> you're gonna learn it. Like, dude, no, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, like, yeah, I agree, I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Maybe you should choose your your field first. You know, maybe right. get a, somewhat of a basic education on history, a little bit on math here and there. But going all the way up to like trigonometry and calculus, most people don't even like. They're not gonna use that. Know. Yeah, to be honest, and it's still part of the curriculum, right? Yeah. It's like yes. students need to learn this because I think they're gonna 
sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, 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 go, go, but go. But they're, they're, they're preparing you for a higher education, essentially, I believe. Yes. So they're saying, okay, you have a potential to be the doctor, you have potential mm-hmm. to be an engineer, and you have potential to be a high prestige career position. So I think they're still stuck to this curricul- curricul- eh, this, this agenda of, of saying, okay, we're going to teach you all this high-level uh, concepts, right? Mm-hmm. So up to calculus, AP calculus, up mm-hmm. to like AP, all this stuff, like yeah. uh, government, uh, English, and there's all these advanced classes that you can take. And I think what they're doing is they're preparing you for higher education. They're not really preparing you for the workforce. But in reality, Majority. most people after high school go into Majority. the workforce. Yes. And they don't teach you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, so I, in my opinion, we should move it back to 10th grade. Because after, Sophomore. I think up to 10th grade, they should teach you some of the basics of just higher education. Like English, math, you know, so you're a functioning member of society. Right. <laughs> you're not just like like how do you speak English? Like, you know, English is is a useful skill up to a certain point, right? Right. Yeah. Math, whatever, just little bits here and there, uh-huh. up to tenth grade, and I think they should teach you things like banking, mm-hmm. things like taxes, things like they used to teach how you to drive yourself financially. How to huh? yeah. yeah, they used to have driving. Yeah, my dad used to tell me that they used, it was mandatory yeah. to take a driving class yes. in high school. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's how you learn. So I remember that. Sure. Yeah. I know yeah. so many people yeah. that don't know how to drive. I'm like, how are you? Yeah. Back when I was you're expected to learn on your own. Seriously. And and imagine if you funded things like that, and and just. How to get, maybe we can have a class on how to properly manage a team or how to get along with a team and work as a team. A speech you class would be helpful. A yeah. speech class yeah. would be helpful, which we did have, but we, that was in college. That was right? college right? That's where I met you, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, I think we should still have it till 12th grade. Okay. The 12th grade? For three reasons. Okay. One, in 12th grade is when most people hit, hit 18, and that's when mm. you could actually go into the workforce, right? If you stop free, if you stop um, free schooling, mm-hmm. Uh, in 10th grade, then you'd have to either make the workforce at a younger age because mm-hmm. what are they going to do for two years if their parents aren't going to pay for school? Just well, sit around? Yeah, I what think are they 16 do? is the legal age to start working, but people but typically people work minimum wage jobs. No, no, but, but people if won't you, hire you normally when you're 16. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. more restrictions. Because yeah. they're a liability, right? Because, like, okay. oh, this kid's a young certain guy. What if he gets hurt? Especially if you're they in won't school, take you too. In. They won't okay. give you a certain so amount of hours. Rather than yeah. wasting two, pe- right, two right. years of people's life, and I'm not going to say hire 16-year-olds because, again, they're still alive. They're still alive. They're still maturing, yeah. Not heavy machinery. Not really dependable Yeah, in most cases. So there's, there's that aspect of it. I feel like in two years of education, if you change the aspect of what they're learning, so I say from uh, eight to 10, learn history, learn math, learn everything that you're learning currently. And in those last two years is when you teach people more about finance, economics, yeah, that's when they're critical. able to understand yeah, it more. More loans. trade skills, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That needs to be yeah. implemented into the education system Definitely. because most of them join the workforce right after uh, yeah. high school. Yeah. And you know they have all this knowledge and I guess like, uh, high level concepts I guess like calculus like embeds government talking <laughs> things like right. that but and anybody but that wants to pursue anything more could yeah. go into community college or university depending on how much stay on that track of education see. correct so I guess the only argument people would make against that is that those two years that you're le- 11th and 12th grade that you're learning anything beyond just the mm. basics you're learning it for like you're, you're, you're understanding certain subjects and you're deciding almost kind of like what you want to major in. Does that make sense? That's true. That's part of it. And then if but then you, you got to go through college, those, huh? you got to go through college then. That's like a financial mess right there. Oh, yeah, to yeah, get through yeah. That. yeah. When you get rid of those two years of, of, you know, work that you're doing in terms of like calculus or whatever economics you're learning, those two years have to be added to college. 
Do they not? Because if you're going to major in something and you have to understand the basics of... Yes. You have general ed, right? Like GED, yeah. But like your GED has to... Yes and no. Because okay. even when you go into college, right, I still took a trick class and I still took a calculus class. Mm. Because one, I need a refresher because I took a year off college. And yeah, it might have added a little bit longer to my college, mm -hmm. but I feel like it helped me understand the more complex classes a little better. Well, yeah, you're building the foundation for a higher, for uh, a higher career. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, not everybody, the only way you're going to, you're going to have to redo calculus anyway, unless you took AP. Right. Mm. So if yeah, they take true. away calculus from high school, you still have to do calculus in college unless you took an AP class. And if you want to take an AP class in those two years, that's up to you anyway. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that but makes sense. you got to pay for it at the end anyway for the yeah. testing and the books. And yeah. yeah, this idea of college is so uh, forced into young kids' minds. It's like I you have to go. So. I would say It's like no matter what, even if you have to take loans and get into all this debt. Yeah. It's like yeah, a financial see, mess. A, I saw a billboard that said that it's like you're paying a hundred thousand for a forty k job. Yeah, and, and I was just like, you know, that yeah, that yeah, does kind of put it. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> the dream would be to pay it off. Like I knew somebody back at uh, Sacramento. They said, oh yeah, my friend just graduated from doctors. He has like hundred and seventy in debt, but he has a plan to pay it off in ten years or whatever. Right. It's like all right, well he will be making enough money because you know to be a trauma surgeon mm -hmm. or something like that, but. Is just really thinking, like, how much am I willing to go just for the jobs that they offer to join a rat race? Yeah, and it's the idea that we you will give you the opportunity to reach that high prestige career, mm -hmm. but the trade off is you will have a lot of debt. Correct. Um, so there definitely is that opportunity there, mm -hmm. but you know, to be honest, no one wants to be in that situation where oh. it's like, I got a debt that scares me every night before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been and how am I gonna pay this off? Four years. It's like, not a healthy way to live. Yeah. Yeah. And many people are like that nowadays. Yeah. I mean, there's always the option of doing the reserves in the military to help you pay for it. Yeah, um, there's like other ways. There's like sneaky ways to get around it. Like if you yeah. become a teacher, then you have to pay for it. You know, it. to pay or for they it. Pay for it if you work for two years for them. I think so. Or, I don't know. How That's what my sister did. Right. She she had no debt after she she was a high school teacher for some years, mm -hmm. and then she began to teach at another college. So she ended up not paying her uh, student debts. Mm -hmm. And also with the military, I think they pay it off as well. If you Not join entirely, they give uh, you some if it's some aid for the skill set or something, or how do they determine? Well, it depends. Uh, so uh, it's in the bill. It's that in the they, bill. They'll, they'll help you pay for college, but they'll only give you depending on what college you go to. They'll cover a certain percentage. Oh, okay. Yeah, because there's like the ROTC. They provide some uh, financial aid in respect yeah. to college, but in terms of debt, I'm not sure. They definitely do get e easier yeah. uh, payment options. They like do. More flexible payment options. But I'm not too sure about the details on that. I don't know if they pay debt, but they help you pay for college. So I okay. guess you'd have to get less debt. Less debt in, so in the long sense. run. <laughs> less heartache at the end. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, join the military. Oh. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it, there's always a trade-off, though. That's the thing. How that is a trade-off. are you willing to go for what you want? Yeah. It's that like, is true. Do you, does this really matter to you? Does this career really matter enough to you? That you're willing to go into that, or that you're willing to risk your life for your country, which, anyways, you kind of have to do. But <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it does come to the point where it's like, are you really doing this for you, or are you doing this because somebody told you to? And yeah, that becomes a fine line. Too. A lot like, of people are in that situation. Like it, it weeds out for sure those who aren't really in it for them, you know, for their own for their own benefits. Yeah. The sad part is when it, they don't realize that they're not liking it, and then they get in debt, and then uh, they don't end up yeah. doing it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, and they you got, fucked up. They have this yeah. whole debt to worry about. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And they didn't even get a degree. Yeah. you don't even like. 
that's <laughs> tough times right there. Then they got to work like two to three minimum wage jobs to yeah. get by. And that's where things get really, really sad. <laughs> oh, it's pretty tough. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, minimum wage jobs, they weren't meant to actually like support big families, mm-hmm. right? They were meant for like the two summer. Family, yeah. Two, yeah. Two children household, right? Two children household. Many people are doing that nowadays, aren't they? And it's, <laughs> it's, that's crazy to think about because it's yeah. like, you know, I'm working at McDonald's and I'm working at, you know, Starbucks part time yeah. and just to get by. And they don't have enough time to focus on their own education and their own future selves. Correct. So, you know, in America, there definitely is that sense of high living. Like, if you're middle class here, you're, like, high class in India, probably. But, um, you know, many people would like the routine here than somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I can't relate because I've never had, like, an official job. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I've had jobs at, uni- at, at yeah. college. but That's cool, though. Damn. I yeah. feel like it should be a requirement to have Actually, a job at six months where you have to serve and such just for the humbling process. Okay. But um, I, if I were you, I would try my hardest to stay away from it. Yeah. To, to literally just go after it from day one. Yeah. In that sense. And then a lot of people are scared and there's like resources as an issue and such. But yeah. I feel like if they really taught like grit in class and they taught like innovation classes or something, like how to how to actually take from what's in your mind and to translate it into actual works. Right. And technology nowadays is it's demanding so much more skills uh, mm-hmm. out of individuals today. Yeah. So, you know, automation is definitely going to take over. Yeah. And it, it, it's threatening, like, what? Everybody's like, jobs. <laughs> mostly truckers, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly truckers. Yeah, well, that's the idea, though. Oh, yeah. Truckers, but also labor force, right? If Basic you have people that are work, able yeah. to yeah. Pa- right, yeah, package yeah. things. A- you know? 80, to be honest, like, at Amazon, if they had an automated packaging system, we probably wouldn't yeah. get any sorts delivering and, like, you know, I mean, there's a little yeah. bit of human Oh, yeah, delivery by drone. Is that going to take away some jobs? Remember that, though, right? I need to learn. I mean, I'm learning how to fly a drone for that reason. Oh, yeah? Really? I mean, I used to have a drone. Do you know how to fly a drone? Yes. Keep me employed. Yeah, it saves me a lot of gas. I yeah. just take this to work and carry myself there. Yeah, it's becoming a real thing. Jeez. It's oh, going yeah. to be here one sooner or later, yeah. yeah. They say 82%, and Andrew Yang was saying this, 82% of people, uh, of jobs paying under $20 will be taken by 2030. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Uh, but, and, yeah. No, I was just going to say, but see, I when I hear things like that, it doesn't scare me at all because oh, yeah. I don't know if I lay on the ambitious side, but... I don't ever want to be on the point where I'm happy that minimum wage is raised up. I don't want to fucking make minimum wage. Yeah. That's the no thing. one wants I to be like. I don't want to make minimum wage. Yeah. I don't yeah. care if they raise it to 50 an hour. I want to make 100 an hour. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to sit on the bare minimum of this life because there's mm. so much to experience. There's so many things to do. Like, yeah. It, no, I, that doesn't scare me at all. Take my job as an automation. It'll just force me to fight harder. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say. <laughs> You'll find That's a way. A thing, it's, yeah. It'll force me to fight a harder. A strong man will actually thrive in adversity yeah mm-hmm. and the that's, powerful that's man. what i want to be you know? <laughs> <laughs> one quick thing i did want to touch on um so that we don't get way or too woman. off topic Sorry. yeah we're going way <laughs> off topic uh, we're just talking now folks if you tuned out if you haven't um so there is a quote by niccolo machiavelli who oh, you know makes who was a political philosopher in the 1500s and he lived and experienced a lot of, I guess, dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Let's put it in Italy. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea was that he had this quote, okay? And this quote was, any man, and I want to want to get your guys' opinions on this, because or I know woman. some of us are going to have different opinions. <laughs> or woman, yeah. Or woman. Um, 
any man who tries to be good all the time is bound to come to ruin among the many number that are not so good. Wait, yes. Any man who it tries to be too good all the time is bound to come to ruin among the ma- among the many that are not so good. Mm-hmm. So like corruption sense? spreads I, I don't, kind of thing. I don't agree with that. Yeah, okay. I, I disagree with that. So, yeah. so what, what's your guys' take on that? Like, it's a very uh, narrow point of view in my mind because mm. that, that would make sense back then, right? So if you were in power. Mm. Like, let's say you're part of the council or something, but there were other corrupt individuals. You would have to be corrupt in order to get by mm. in that kind of hierarchy. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, oh, geez, it's hard to apply it because there's so many factors to consider nowadays. Um, he's the same guy that said it's better to be feared than loved, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm. So he's a hardcore dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He said, ideally, you would want both, but if you can only have one, then it's better be to be feared, feared than yes. loved. Yes. Because things get done when you're feared, I guess. I mean, Stalin understood that. So yes, no, no, no. no. And actually, someone as made funny as it is. someone yeah. made a really good point on that. Is that his works actually apply only to dictatorships? Yeah. They don't apply to like a more oh, really? democratic yeah. society where mm. things are more open and and powers distributed more equally. Because right. the prince, which is one of his works, his book. Yeah, that's a major book. The prince it talks about one person in power, one person. It's one guy. The prince has been read by. What is it? Saddam who's Oh no no, that was that was mine Hitler, Hitler Hitler read the prince, yeah. I think. Hitler probably read Other the people prince. too in Italy. Yeah. I'm not aware. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not yeah. yeah. It was the go-to book I think cuz it was written like what was what was it written? 1500s. 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 I heard yeah. that the Mein Kampf was the go-to book for current day dictators like Kim oh, Jong-un, really? Saddam Hussein. It's <laughs> kind of weird. Pull the book. Where do we go wrong? Where's the dictatorship <laughs> manual? <laughs> Take that oh. out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by any means uh (laughs) so there's a couple things wrong with that quote right Mm. one is the definition of good right Mm. it's not defined in there so really you can't say oh oh so what he meant was christian ethics during the 1500s christian morality essentially so he says his point of view in the book was that to be any good leader during Mm. the time ten commandments kind of thing it was that sort of thing where it's like you don't want to the church would always tell leaders you need to be a good Christian to be a good leader. And his point of view was different. He said during the time, what is what a leader needs to be for to be well off for the country and for the state is an effective leader. It's not about morality. It's about effectiveness. And so that's what he that's what he prioritized essentially. And he he had something called uh, virtu. Virtu meaning you know uh, these five different traits. Which I wrote down somewhere, but it was it had something to do with like bravery, um, ruthlessness on occasion when it needs to be, you know, when you need it, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the five things that he said are, are needed for effective leadership, not good Christian. I still moral. disagree in yeah. a sense because okay. I feel like you should pursue to always do as good as possible. Mm-hmm. But like for example, you know, I don't know if I should use this, but. Uh, you're bound to come in ruins by those who aren't as good as how it's saying. Any, any man who tries to be too good all the time will come to ruin among the many who are not so good. All right, so I've been reading Daniel lately, and I remember there was a specific part where they said, oh, if you, um, the scribes and the Pharisees were trying to find fault against Daniel because he's uh-huh. winning the king's uh, uh, grace and such, Nebuchadnezzar and the son, Belshazzar, however you say it. And they made up this rule where it's like, uh, all right, well, you know what? Any man who puts up a petition to their God or whoever uh, will be thrown in a den. 
that was the only way that they can try to find fault against him. He did not mm. come to ruin because we know that Daniel survived the night through the lions and such. Uh-huh. I feel like that's a parable to say, yo, stick to your guns. If you're going to be good, mm-hmm. just go and be good. Be validated within yourself. Doesn't matter what those around you are, in mm-hmm. a sense. And even the same thing with Jesus Christ. Uh, healing people on a Sabbath day. And it's like, well, all right, well, he's doing good. Like, am I going to be pissed off that he fixed my you know, sight mm-hmm. on a Sabbath? Oh, yeah, we should hang this man. We should nail this man. Yeah. It's like, all right, I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't really follow that line of being in ruins around the others. That's if you, mm-hmm. if you aren't really strong and true to your character. Because if yeah. you're so good around and then you're easily influenced and such, then, of course, you'll fall. But I don't. I don't know. I, I, agree with, I agree with what he's saying. I feel like if you're truly good, you will have a strong character. And strong mm. characters tends to influence others. Mm. So if you yourself are truly good, right? That means you are sick by it. You, you say you're going to do something, you do it, you end up doing it, right? Uh, people will kind of be attracted and try to follow you in a sense because they're like, okay, this guy, like, remember how you're like, that guy has a vision. I want him to see where that leads. It'd be into that mentality. So people would start looking at you and be like, all right, I want to see where he's going, right? And I feel like if you're doing good at the same time, you'll gain other people's favor, right? Because if I help you out, I'm not saying he, like, if you're not expecting, right? If I just help you out for helping you out and continue doing my own thing and I'm not sitting there just waiting for you to give me a reward, (laughs) eventually you'll start getting like this sort of psychological side side towards me. Yeah, a vibe. You'll, You'll feel it. You'll feel it. People's character will, will show eventually. That's mm. that's the idea, right? Um, I was going to say one thing. Oh, authenticity, they say, is the most magnetic trait of all. Mm-hmm. So people want to surround themselves with others who are authentic because they see too much of being fake. And that kind of ties in with social media. And yeah, people can call bullshit. They can yeah. sense it. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's not being real. Yeah. So they can definitely sense that. Yeah. The sixth sense. Yeah. Um, so the idea behind that quote is really interesting because when it comes to very drastic times, right? Mm-hmm. So I think of times like during the Cold War or during World War II, you would want someone with a lot of power in that high position, right? Because you're talking about a war and, and you're talking about people essentially dying in the case where, you know, millions can be on the line. So don't forget that someone had to make, had to make the decision to drop two bombs on mm. Japan. That that pres- who was the president? Truman. Truman. Yeah, he was like, "We got to do it because there's going to be a lot more lives to be to be risked if we don't." But again, I think that's that was morally right to do. I think during that time, what well, it was because yeah. it was it was either stop. <laughs> yeah, it was either millions of lives or four hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, what's the obvious choice here? Yeah. Um, Twice, so one press, they press it again. Yeah. Did yeah. we press the button? We press yeah. Yeah. Did the other one go off? I, I think it's stuck, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, did the other one? No. Yeah, yeah. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> the idea of power, dude. I mean, well, can I can I just say one thing? Go for it. Yeah, I'm pretty much done. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My history teacher actually told us this. Another side effect of that, and and what they were considering yeah. during that time is not just saving other people's lives like the first bomb they they blasted japan didn't give up so they go in they're like okay you know we have more right Mm -hmm. like you you better give up now before we release another one they're like nope you don't have another one you're like no we're gonna stand our ground they're like okay 
Cool. Here's another one for you. This <laughs> <laughs> is the picture of the other tin we have. Yeah. <laughs> it's ultimate flex back then. Yeah. Seriously. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. I remember she was saying that it was not only to save millions of lives. It was also at the same time to that flex. we were. It was to flex. Yeah. It was to show the rest of the world. It was a deterrent strategy. We are the superpower of the world now. Yeah. You cannot mess with us. Mm-hmm. Here's a show of our power. Who That's was it that said uh, the president? Was it Roosevelt? No, it was somebody even earlier that said uh, FDR. Speak quiet, but carry a big stick. That was that oh, was Teddy oh, Roosevelt. Teddy yeah, Roosevelt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, yo, that is exactly what it was like. Speak quietly, like yeah. yeah. Speak, well, it wasn't that quiet. The press. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just like carry a yeah. big stick. Like yeah. let him know, like don't don't fuck with me. I'm talking yeah. quiet and you know calm, but don't make me swing the bat. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jordan Peterson has a quote: uh, "Those who have ultimate power are the ones who have the sword, but choose to keep it sheathed." Uh, yes. Yeah. And yes. That's, that's humble too, I think. Yeah. Being humble about it's, that. It's the idea that you know that you have this ultimate power, but you won't be tyrannical. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout history, that hasn't been the norm. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they want to show you the story. They sold the story. <laughs> yeah. They wave it around. They kill anyone yeah. they can. Uh, real. <laughs> yeah, they were ruthless back then. Yeah. But they don't seem to last. They don't. History. They get they cut down eventually. Yeah. I mean, that's a mistake throughout history, right? So if you try to become the man like the one individual with all the power, you eventually end up getting knocked down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's because I, I feel like as human nature, we seek sovereign power and we're not allowed to have that. We're not supposed to have that as if we're the supreme being, you know, mm. to just have sovereign power. To yeah, just whatever that I supreme race goes. doesn't go with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say then that power has shifted you know, we talk about you. You know, I'm sure people have seen Game of Thrones. Like, I know you have. Have you guys seen Game of no, Thrones? No, I just feel like I'm so reading it. <laughs> I got oh, my own process it. here. Yeah, yeah. 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 reading it for him? So my That's my idea was I'm gonna read the book series before the final season comes out. Okay. But I'm I'm on book four right now, and they're coming out with the new season. The new nine. season soon, right? Next month. Next month. All right, so I'm behind. Wait, big time. Yeah. But yeah, I've read most of it. So, in Game of Thrones, you think about all the stuff that happens. These are the kinds of power games that used to be played in the court hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Okay. And they would they would find ways to keep, you know, either keep power within themselves. There were there were power games within their group, there were power games outside of their group like with other nations, there were power groups in this tribe. It was a game. The whole thing was a game, yeah. you know. It's amazing how how wonderfully it's portrayed in that yes. series in yes. that fantasy world. And they someone sorry, one sec. There was an analysis done 48 Laws of Power. That's the book by Robert Greene. There was a YouTuber who did an analysis of Game of Thrones and applied every single law in at least one instance in the whole wow. series. Mm-hmm. That's pretty dumb. And showed it. It was like, wow. Somebody like, did their research. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You are going to say something crazy. Um, no, so I was kind of going to say, um, you could really see the diversity in powers, right? Because if you look at it... Um, the, the Dracchi, right? The the tribe that that just the ran the horses. Oh, yeah. Tyrannical. Yeah. That was one person in power. Yeah. But the only reason why he was able to stay in power was because he went over and was taken or taking things from others, right? Like he very savage kind of guy. It's like a savage mm, thing. Yeah. Like those can only survive if there's an enemy. Mm-hmm. Because mm. that's when you need to be savage to That is true actually, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good point in there. Times of adversity, they always need an enemy to to rally the people. Mm-hmm. It's like go with me or else they're gonna kill you. Yeah, because yeah. I'm the strongest one. I'm the strongest here, one. Like, so yeah. for your survival, you yeah. gotta go with me. It's kind of like how 
homeboy who's in office right now. Homeboy? Trump? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Your boy? Yeah, he's just like a that. fear tech. Yeah. I don't yeah. really think of him as a homeboy. That's what sure. got me to yeah, vote, yeah. to be honest. That's the first time I ever voted was during the Trump election. Mm. I was just like really scared, to be honest. I was yeah. like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I got two sides yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. I was one of those Why guys. Are you yeah. I know. What's going on here? Yeah. It's like, we're going to die. We need to make America great again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I didn't know it was this bad. I know, no, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was doing okay. I, I 100% think so. And I think politicians will do that where. They oh, yeah. will the, exaggerate the, the problem and yeah. make themselves the solution, yeah. whether it be, you know, different parties like the Republican or Democratic Party yeah. or certain individuals, mm-hmm. you know, and this is a totally a tactic. 100 percent. It's a tactic. Um, and and uh, maybe the situation could be that bad, mm-hmm. but. You know, I'm sure they exaggerate to a certain degree. In today's gridlock system, I don't think that's even possible for things to get like very extreme. Like, oh, they're going to bring back slavery. Um, no. I don't know yeah, that. come on. <laughs> no. Although, no, I mean, some some places do have slavery, though. Not here. Human trafficking. Yeah. In yeah, terms of that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's that situation going on. Yeah. But yeah. back going back to the old days, that's like it's that. not to that open. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. not that. I wake drastic. up one day and it's like, oh damn! Since you didn't read the news, they brought back slavery. <laughs> <laughs> Guess <laughs> what? Yeah. 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 I'm not coming in today. Seriously. <laughs> they get yeah. for that? Yeah. 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 It's kind of extreme. Um. So they say that you know power has actually shifted nowadays. It's not like it used to be in Game of Thrones. It's, um, it's more of. Let's put it this way. There's still power, but it's not overt. Mm. Does that make sense? Like you were saying, like those who have power, they have the sword, but they don't use it mm-hmm. unless it's absolutely necessary. Right. I think influential individuals in today's world, let's say Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Donald Trump, these people carry certain traits in them that can influence the masses in a certain way. Mm. And I think this in the definition of the power, in the definition of the 48 laws of power, the influence over, I don't wanna say the masses, but the the degree to which they they have control in the system is what gives them power in today's sense. Okay. Okay. I would argue a little bit, right? So Elon Musk in a sense, I, I mean, he's powerful, but I don't think he's a leader in a sense. He's an innovator. He's just trying to create. He's trying to put what he has in his mind in there. He's an engineer. Like he's he wants to invent. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel. I feel like that is why he doesn't sheath the sword because his thing is not to control people. His thing is to just put whatever's in his mind out into the world, right? Like the Tesla and everything else. And okay. then for Trump, I feel like he does wield it. Look at the government shutdown how he did because he did, couldn't get his wall. Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. So 100%. he is one of the people that just goes around flailing his sword because he's like, look, I could do whatever I want because I have power. Mm-hmm. So I do yeah. believe that there are people still in power so, that are just yeah. flailing the sword around. And sure, sure. But but regardless of whether <laughs> we whether we like it or not, he still had the power to not to influence the, the public and to obtain that position. And defeated 17 other Republican candidates. However he did it. I don't, I don't, it could be moral, it could be immoral, it could be bad, wrong, yeah. right? It's whatever. still an admirable thing to be able to go that far and do it. To, to be able to do that. To and it. at oh, the no. same, to, to take on a position, and I was telling Matt this, what I do, I mean, I do admire this, is that he has taken on the highest, the most stressful position probably in the entire country. And on top of that, he's doing it with more than half the country 
consistently throwing hate at him. To be in that sort of position, to be in a position where so many people are just trash talking you every day, mm -hmm. and you have you hold the highest position and you have the most stress, you have to make sure that your country is you know well off compared to I guess other countries or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is a difficult task to do, and you have to as a person be able to handle all that stress. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Correct. Um, which I think is difficult to do, and not many people can do that much. It is a hard learn. Yeah. And sometimes I, I think he doesn't even handle it that well, especially yeah. with the government shutdown. Like oh, so yeah. you don't know how to say to take no for an answer, yeah, and yeah. it's like Congress. These, these are the people you have as yeah. your advisory you can't go around them right. right and then on the other sense i i don't know i think okay one little quick thing i think we should wrap it up because okay. we're gonna not have time for okay 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 yeah. he's here okay yeah okay. Uh, oh it's already noon yeah, already yeah noon? it is oh wow noon. it is noon. quite a couple yeah. but glad to have you along man. yeah yeah Thank yeah you for coming no Any problem. last thoughts Last thoughts, uh, last message, I mean, about power. Uh, <laughs> definitely a, a complex topic. Uh, I was glad to be here. Good to see you guys. Um, definitely very productive conversations. I mean, you love it. Yeah. You love it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I can't stop talking like <laughs> I said, like, man. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> no, I love it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, just... you know, hopefully we'll get an audience. You know, hopefully you like it. Yeah. And yeah. more to come. Awesome. Yeah. Yes, yeah. look forward to the next one. Look forward to it. Cool. All right, cool. So Hit yeah. us up if you want to join. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Do you, you actually? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>